the What Are You Doing movie archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Inception. Go ahead and pop in. It was my idea, by the way. Go ahead and pop in your DVD or blurry press play. Or was pause. (laughs) (laughs) When the Warner Brothers logo fades to black, the first frame you perceive of all black, press pause. And in a second, when I say 3, 2, 1, unpause, I'll press play and you'll press play. We'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. And those friends this week are myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Finifter. Greetings. Michael Ariadne Scott. Wow. <laughs> and Trey JGL Stokes. In your head, like in the movie. Ooh. All right. I see yeah. what's happening here. These are four guys who liked The Dark Knight all right and think Christopher Nolan's cool. I, I say that because I fear we might come out a bit negative on Inception. It's, yeah. If you, if you expect us to just kid, lean back groaning and wanking, then yeah, comparatively, <laughs> we're going no, to come out a bit yeah. negative. But I, I still think it's a very good movie. Yeah. yeah it's okay. a very well-made yeah. movie, yeah. Now, um, let me... Let me uh, say my piece on this thing the um i would rather have 10 more inceptions than 100 more two characters switch their bodies movies right <laughs> or one more or yeah <laughs> or one more even one more movie yeah. yeah that came that came about because brian said well this movie doesn't really focus on characters as much as it fo- focuses on like premises and and the idea and the technology yeah. of it and i said well if that if that is in fact the way he operates and he does like to put technology in a premise and if you look at his movies there's justification for that that's a lot like for instance michael crichton like crichton had characters in his books, but what he really wrote a book about was because he had a because really cool idea. Because the characters had to yeah, press somebody, the buttons on right, the computer. Had because he something. had a really cool idea about something that could happen. Like, Sphere, you find uh, what, what, you, what appears to be an alien ship at the bottom of the sea, you crack it open, and you find some technology, it freaks you out. Jurassic Park, we figured out a way to clone dinosaurs from old dinosaur shit, and we've got a Mr. DNA cartoon. And then, you know, et cetera, et cetera, Timeline and all those other books. And I really like those books, even though they're kind of pulpy and ridiculous. I'm okay with a premise driving... Mr. DNA wasn't in the book. Someone is going to... Yeah. I know, I know, I know. Slam us on that. Um, <laughs> Don't hang that one on Christ. I'm okay with a premise driving a literature or film experience more than character. It's better to have both, but I don't mind... Have, if I'm, I usually just have one or none. I don't mind if it's characters or technology. That said, we'll get into it, but this movie makes the mistake of explaining its magic bean a little bit too much, and I think it gets itself into a corner. We'll talk about that later. Right. On the whole, it's well-directed, sort of. I mean, it's very one-to-one. It's very, someone's talking on them. Uh, it feels more to me like a script on screen than a film. Like, it's a movie that is literally just... I, I was going to just send everyone the script, but I figured no one would read it. So <laughs> I made a visual presentation of what the script is. Just to explain what my script was about. It's great. It's really impressive in a lot of places, but I, I think Christopher Nolan is the king of flawed masterpieces. Brian? Yeah, um, it is very, for a what is kind of set up and, and sold as a mind-bendy, mind-fuck movie, it, I feel like a, a film douchebag hipster going, oh, Inception's I not, got it. Inception's not yeah. that complicated, it's straightforward. It's like... It is, though. Yeah. It really, really is when you look at it. I and think it's more douchebaggy to be like, man, it's so weird and mind bending, and, and I, I, I didn't really get it the first time. It's like, yes, you did. Who, it's, it's how just, could you not? Who doesn't get that? It, it's, it's not. I, I feel like a over intellectual asshole saying it, but it's not that hard, guys. Right. It really isn't. It's fairly straightforward. It's, uh, if, if you think it's hard, you're probably overthinking it. Is what? It yeah, you're, is. you're. As we've talked about before, you're putting, you're seeing patterns in there that I don't think were actually intended patterns by by Nolan or by the filmmakers. That being said, is this is still 
and when it comes to craft, at least in terms of cinematography and editing, there's a lot that's amazing about this film. But at the at the core of it, he tries. There's this great like setup for a puzzle, and you know, as we've talked about before, a magic bean is supposed to be the magic bean is the excuse to tell an interesting story, right? And then the interesting story has to be about how human beings relate to each other in right. some way. So this is an interesting ideally, story. ideally, when you do it right, that's what a story is supposed to be. And so this has a an interesting magic bean that can that opens up an interesting story, but then it doesn't follow through on going. Okay, you're you're telling me this story so you can play with this magic bean, not so you can tell me something about human beings. Right. So if someone very intelligent and interested in movies and likes fil- like figuring out a movie and digging into it came up to me and said, "What should I watch?" I would say Primer. Go watch Primer. Come back in a month. Try to figure that one out. I still not need to see Primer. I think <laughs> Prim- I think Primer works. Watch once Primer it, yeah. and then go online to find the people who've explained Primer because Primer actually is inexplicable when you just watch it. Right. But I uh, I think it's I think it becomes more inexplicable when it's explicit to you. <laughs> quite frankly, <laughs> yeah. Inception. I I, wor- I worry it doesn't actually hold up. It looks like it holds up, but it doesn't really. Dorkman. Well, um, it's it's funny you compare it to like uh, you know Transformers or, or you know body switching movies or stuff because like Inception is is what I want out of a summer movie. Like yeah. people are always yeah. for summer movies, people are like, well, you just check your brain at the door. I'm like, this is the level of check your brain at the door <laughs> yeah. that I want to do in a I summer agree. movie, exactly. like um, The Matrix or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like yeah, there are source code. You know, yeah, there like, okay, there yeah, are yeah. bits of this that I haven't seen source code, but and Brian and I were actually talking about Solaris, Soderbergh yeah. Solaris, which is like, well, that's not your typical summer movie, but. God bless you, Soderbergh, for making yeah. that movie. There, there are bits of this that you know uh, you you can, and I'm sure we will quibble with. I would actually disagree. I think Nolan did try to tell a human story with the whole thing going on with Cobb, you know, accepting, mm. uh, uh, you know, ab- accepting feeling that he's got to let go and of the past him. and feeling guilty and all that. He tried. I don't. I, I, I would agree that it's not entirely successful. It's, it's, it feels like an afterthought. It feels secondary to the the magic. Well, bean. it feels tacked on. It's not yeah. tied into the same story. Right. And and. Um, there's a way to do that where it fe- like it's supposed to feel like an intrusion in some ways, but in other ways it's it it's doesn't not. it doesn't quite tie in and and um and I feel like he also didn't quite explore the magic bean as much as you can considering its dreams and stuff like that and it it felt a little almost like you were saying it felt too straightforward considering yeah. how dreams work you know and, it, it and we'll felt, get into that i mean teek and i were talking about yeah, that there's, there's, yeah we're that's, def- that's the question you have, you have to swallow a pretty big magic bean in the end and so i don't know if more explanation would have been the I right think way it, i think it uh, uh explains the magic bean just as much as it needs to because yeah. i read some you know because if it went if they went all matrixy on it if they if they yeah. had if they had it, outright it start ex- to fall apart all if, the more if they had outright explained how this worked i think it would have pissed me off yeah. to be honest yeah. how the suitcase aspect yeah 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 like because the whole dream the whole dream physics is like yeah yeah. If you really, really think about it, it starts to open up a whole can of worms that you go, wait, what? How does what? And but we'll, you know, best to like zip on past. Yeah, that, I'll mention you know? I'll mention that when it when yeah, it comes. Well, so we have something we'll to talk about. But, uh, but I I thought it. I mean, when I first saw it, I thought it was great because one of the things about it is it's really energetic and it it is really original. Like it is one of those movies where you're like, wow, people don't make movies like this. Yeah. Um, and and you know he's using effects to tell his story you can quibble on whether or not you agree that that's the best story to tell but he's using the effects for that purpose and not for their own sake necessarily um i i actually feel like he could have used effects for their own sake a little bit more since we were in a dream but um so so i I would say he erred on the wrong side of that personally but uh you know it's it's 
and and because it's in a dream, it's like I. It's really engaging the first time because you're like the only established rule is there are no rules, so anything could fucking happen right now. So it's really exciting and entertaining. But to the watch. second time, it feels but a lot less like Calvin Ball. Exactly. It, it, <laughs> it's 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 a great first watch, and then it's a, it's diminishing returns each time you rewatch it. It doesn't hold up, but it lasts longer every time you watch it. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Trey. I, Looking, sort of getting a sense now of, of Nolan's body of work that we've seen so far. It's like the, the thread that I'm, I'm spotting is Nolan doesn't give a rat's ass about making characters sympathetic. No. Name, mm. name a movie he's made in which you really relate to the main character. It's just not what he does. He, he, he does movies about characters who are engaging and respectable, you could say, or admirable in their way. But It's like, I get why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, there. but I don't want to hang out with <laughs> yeah. Bruce Wayne. I don't want to hang out with that guy. He's, he's intense and unpleasant to be around. You know, or he's, for all of his awesomeness, Harvey Dent. I mean, Harvey Dent is this knight in shining armor. Harvey, and Harvey like, Dent's yeah. the only, you know, like I said, he's the only character arc in, in, uh, in uh, Dark Knight, and, and look what happens to him. But uh, the, the, That's um, what you get for being a character anyways nolan <laughs> nolan is nolan's okay with characters who who don't need to be liked by the audience and uh, matt uh, matt damon isn't particularly whatever the whoever the hell the, who's the star DiCaprio. of this fucking thing dicaprio <laughs> that whichever one affleck whatever um is not particularly likable dude no. you know he's, he he wants to get back to his kids and that's about the closest to cat saving that you know okay well he's got kids that he kind of likes um, is it the movie's not about that, and Nolan doesn't seem to worry about that, and that's okay. I'm not saying that that's a flaw, but it's when you when you go into a Nolan movie, you know, I don't think you're going to come out with, you know, Indiana Jones on screen. Yay, I love that guy, and I want to see him win. It's more like, well, let's just see what these crazy fucks do, you know, and see how this turns out. And maybe it's it's like you say, it's it, because he does that, and like everyone's kind of engaging. You're like. I'm not necessarily rooting for anyone, <laughs> yeah. so this could go either way, yeah, and it'd still be kind and, of awesome. And like the Prestige, I mean, you know, is there what's the happy ending of the Prestige? Yeah, are you really not rooting really. for <laughs> either really Bale or like in, in, or um, yeah. in, uh, I'm blanking or out. even Wolverine. yeah, yeah. But even in in Dark Knight, it's a good point. It's like yeah. you watch it and you're like, I can totally see the Joker winning this round. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, so it's engaging it go in that, that way. So in that sense, but I agree with everyone that that you know all of his movies. I mean, he's a he's a fantastic craftsman. I mean, there's you know his this movie and all of his movies are impeccably shot and edited and directed and and you know they're not they're no in no way is this just a movie resemble transformers except in budget you know it's it's they're all very very well made they're very similar to fincher movies where they you know fincher is also all about craft and when you dig right down under all the craft you find instead of a beating heart you find this little piece of steel <laughs> <laughs> a little cold piece of steel down in the center um it's 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 confident instead of showing off yeah is what it is it's, and it's, so there's no so my reaction to this movie was you know i watched it I, it's one of the few movies i saw in the theater uh this past year because i thought it felt like one of those movies i should probably yeah. see this in the theater and i was like just impressed by the wave upon wave of amazing filmmaking craft and i was engaged by the story and all that and and at, at one point i pretty much disengaged like i did from primer where i'm like okay i'm not completely following the <laughs> logic of this but i'm confident the movie is being faithful to its own logic so i'm just going to trust that whatever happens made uh -huh. sense you know and i'm just going to go with the ride and later i'll i'll, I'll figure it out um did it? Did it? It did. Piece yeah, back it, together. It, it did. It, it comes together. And other than you know the, the the idea of the magic bean and how it actually freaking works, and, and a lot of people have made lots of hay of quibbling about all the thousands of details. You know, Funny or Die or, or College Humor did one about they did their parody of the characters are in the middle of a gunfight trying to explain great. the movie to each other, which is very funny. But wait, what? If you did that, then how come he doesn't? Uh, what, what if he? It's great stuff. But um, it's it's a phenomenally made movie, and you know it it's great. 
I just don't know if I like it, but it's uh, great. So there you go. You're at the point where the Warner Brothers logo has faded to black, as I am here. Put your finger on the button. Ready, y'all? Three, two, one. On pause. <laughs> God damn it. Nice can logo. We, can we start with that? Can we start? Hans Zimmer, yeah, oh, you're did. pretty cool. You heard, you've heard of Edith, Edith Piaf. That's great. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's real clever, man. It makes for a great score. That's wonderful. Jo- Good just, old legendary pictures. God, Hans Zimmer annoys the shit. Did I ever tell you about the short film I wanted to make where I'm sitting on the chair and I get out and I go out my front door and I lock the door and I'm running and then I'm running across the desert and then I'm running across the forest and then I'm running over a little brook and then I'm running through Las Vegas and then I'm running past the pyramids and then I run into an office building and there's a door and it says Hans Zimmer and I open the door and I go in and I punch the guy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You should make that. Far. Anyway. But it's got to have Hans Zimmer music. As oh, yeah. <laughs> now, here's something. And then, and then he, stops, he stops playing. Bomb, bomb. Yeah. Then you punch him and he stops playing. <laughs> now, what is the significance of having this at the beginning? Other than being an interesting and compelling cold open, structurally, is there a reason for this to be here? Because uh, it is to be a other, other, than, other than yeah. a hook, yeah. I mean, well, what what would what happens immediately after this, if I recall correctly? We, it's, we, jump we, back. we go back into the, the heist. Uh, we jump back. We jump to the first heist. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, that's yeah, a pretty good cold open too. Yeah, but it is confusing in the sense that you know we have all these, we have all these, in the same right. place. Yeah, and we have all these layers of reality and you know nested nested existences. But this doesn't play by those rules. This is just a straight out flash forward or yeah. <laughs> it's the ending of Titanic. It's it's kind of, yeah. I mean it is. It's it a, is. it's a no. Framing. I mean it's literally Leo washing up on shore. No. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think someone has done that uh, as a YouTube video. The Titanic two. <laughs> well, it is a framing well. story, but it, it's it's confusing because this is this framing device plays by different rules than than the than the dream framing. How so? Uh, because it's just a straight. Uh, well, depending on how you look at it, uh, it explains flash you. forward or flash back. Because this is connecting to the very end of the movie. Where he goes yeah. into limbo. I don't know if it's necessarily a flashback or flash forward. I think this it's just limbo, the movie yeah. putting a scene out of order to yeah. be interesting. Exactly. Yeah. Shocking from the guy who made Memento. Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but you non, know, a lot of non linearness. Yeah, it's not unusual. Yeah, it's, it's not unusual, unusual at all. all. The non linearness plays by different rules than the rest of the movie, yeah. so it can be a little confusing the first time through. How do you feel about the old age makeup here? This looks a little mixed. He, he looks a little 2001 y to me. Like he has old looking skin, but it looks youthful and elastic y and up on his face, not sagging. Yeah. Which is weird. Like it's well applied, it just looks a little. It looks like baby old skin. If that yeah. makes sense, it's like a it's little, stuck to his head. A thick, yeah. It doesn't have the gravity, the sense of gravity that real old I know, people I, have. It always just bugged me. Why is why is Leo eating like a troglodyte here? You know, it's like I know he's beat, but why is he like? Yeah. Are you hungry in the dream? Uh, and why is he doing that? So here we go. And, now and then so now we're into the whole thing. And there's the kid from Third Rock from the Sun. Mm-hmm. Who's nice very good. That, it's he's nice good. He's, he's you talk about a robot though. Talk about a guy. It's like other than that one little moment he has with the uh, kissing Ariana Page. Page. Yeah. Um, I don't like him in this movie. I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I don't like him in this movie. I don't like him in GI Joe. I love either, the but I, I love like the him, faces he like makes. Him. He, he, he always makes on. this raised eye like mm, look. Yeah. look. He literally is just, uh, you know, of all people to be the, the James Bond, you know, give him any mission and he will carry it out. I mean, what interesting casting because you don't look at that, that guy and think of him. But, uh, you know, it's great what he does in this movie. It was supposed to be uh, James Franco, but there was either scheduling conflicts or he turned it down. I've heard it both ways. James Franco would have delivered the exact same fucking performance. Well, I mean, there's not much. There's, not, there's no actual character. James here. Franco would have done a, a more, like, smirking. Yeah. It's a physical. Pro- I mean, basically, they, they cast the right guy because he's a dancer. And that's really mm-hmm. what the role mostly calls for. So, you know, he does an amazing job with it. Walking into the movie the first time, had you psyched yourself up for, all right, I'm just guessing, but I know the prestige, I know Nolan, this is going to be a mindfuck. Did you go in and go, 
pay attention to everything. Yes. Oh, of yes. course. Yeah. At this point, I, mean, I was like, I need to fucking pay attention now, to what mind, It's absolutely sold that way, too. It's like, here's a mindfuck movie. Here's a puzzle. Figure it out. Unlike Shutter Island, you can't tell from the trailer what it's about. Um, yeah. w- watching it the first time, I had a pretty... I had a theory that I liked. I had a pet theory. And I, I'm not specifically sure why, A, he decided not to use my theory as what the ending could have been because yeah, uh, I thought it was more interesting and B I'm not entirely sure it's not right I, I like how they don't hold off on this trick very long they're like you saw the trailer you know it's fucking they're in dreams and shit right so. yeah. uh, and my theory was that Maul is right this is still a dream interesting theory well, that, that, well that's why it comes down to the final shot yeah. where in yeah. the, the original well, edit the, 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 the top fell over yeah. and the editor convinced Nolan like no you you we'll let, right. how about we cut do before this then. you have yeah. to cut before that and he he trims it and no one goes <gasps> yes <laughs> well, I was thinking, I've, I've also heard that uh, well, I was thinking that during that was the first time I watched it before right. I had the last shot and, I was thinking like, I'll bet you the, like the, the, Total the, Recall if you want to think that you are capable right. of thinking that the yeah. movie lets you think I, that I wish that the I do wish though and this this goes to what we're talking about we're, I guess we can start talking about it in terms of it's not it's not as mindfucky as Total Recall is there aren't enough moments where things are coming in and going, no, no, this is, you know, this isn't right. the way it is. And, and things to make you question, even when he's in reality, question it and stuff like that. It's like, I feel like there, there, are, there are ways, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there would have been ways to make it more ambiguous. To um, really turn you around and, yeah. and, and rob that sense of direction from you. Yeah. 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 Now, there's a lot of, one of the issues I have with this movie, and um, let me, let me, let me set myself up with a disclaimer. This movie spends an awful lot of time explaining itself to you rather inelegantly. I'm not saying we needed to add more explanation to it. I think we should have different explanation going on because I don't quite understand all the things that I feel like I need to understand for me to understand the leaps of logic that they're making. I'm never with them on that, and I feel like that's a detriment to the movie. It's not that I couldn't possibly understand them. It's that I just have like, oh, just two questions. Real quick. Real, just two like little what? questions. Well, for instance, I don't understand. And again, we'll take some chunk of existing fucking exposition out and replace that with this. I don't exactly understand what a dream architect physically does. Mm. What goes into creating this world? Because at one point we see her making a model. I'm assuming that means she's just planning one. Is she just thinking yeah. about it when they go under? And no, then no, no, no. She no, they, plans it, and she t- whoever whoever is going to stay on that level, she tells them, "This is the I've designed this, so you are now the the uh, you know the computer and graphic system that's going to right." Maintain but, a how, but how does that exchange take place? And how yeah, do they literally they they teach it to you? They literally they, as they say, and he says she makes them little. He, models he says in the scene, he says in the scene with uh, with Michael Caine, who um, who obviously has to be in every uh, Chris Nolan movie um, by some contract or something. Um, in the scene with Michael Caine, he talks about how the, the architect doesn't go into the dream. Ar- Ellen Page says later, no, I'm going in on this one. But that's not the norm. That's not how it's normally done. Um, the architect literally is someone who designs, is, is literally an architect, because they have to design a dream space that isn't infinite, but feels like it's the real world. That's the, that's the gist of what the architect does. A game-level designer. Well, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. But it's my understanding that the, the d- architect designs a dream... Like I'm gonna z- well, say it's this room. Say the, the dream is this room. Okay. I designed the room. I put a piano over there. There's a TV on. There's a table right here. Okay, I got it. This is good. Is it detailed enough? Yeah, it's good. Okay, that'll work. And then the dreamer goes into that dream and populates it with themselves. 
Right. Yeah. But and then, no, no, and then got, brings along the target or the Yeah, client. yeah, you're missing you're 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 missing an extra if you're the architect, you design it and you build a little model in, in the real world and you say this there'll be a piano right here and there'll be, you know, other stuff if the piano's important, I guess. Because it's and, always important. And then you tell it and then you tell it to the person who will be running but the dream. But is it the idea that the dreamer can't know the confines of the reality, otherwise their subconscious can find everyone? Isn't that the point of having an architect at all? Yes. It, so it wouldn't be a room, obviously. But well, I mean, well, yeah. But if, if you explain it to the dreamer, then they know. No, no. The level. You don't explain it to the dreamer who's going in. You explain it to the person who will who will be you know the, the uh, com- doing the mission in the, the computer dream. system, and then the that hardware. Per- yeah, and then that person and the dreamer go into the dream together. That person is is running the dream, the, and the dreamer is populating it with details. And yeah, stuff the, like the that. dreamer the dreamer knows the layout because it's their dream. Right. They're they're. they're holding it in their mind there's the person that you're fooling by trying to make them think it's the real world yeah they, they don't know any of that stuff okay right on so there's actually three principal players i thought there was just two dream. i thought there was i designed the this world and the then dreamer. you come into the dream and you fill yeah. it with yourself i designed this world i tell it to you and you take yeah. the market which with is you. which is an unnecessary thing. i didn't i didn't get that it's a, well it's it's explained but it's a level of detail that the movie actually didn't need because it brings up it's one of the many things where you go wait pause the movie and start thinking about that how do i Describe this room, much less, you know, uh, exactly. five square blocks of France, right. down to the level of the carpet is this color and it's polyester. Uh, oops, right. it should be wool. And how um, do you and how do you hold all that information? As opposed in your to head? as opposed to the architect being the person who literally just sits there and like has m- that dream and, and meditates on it and and creates in their own mind. Right. And then you enter their mind. That's right, what I thought right. was where happening because that makes more that, sense. That does yeah. make more sense. Yeah. That's probably the way it ought to. Which is kind of the way it seems to work here with the kid from Witness because he is in the dream. And he's the one who screws up the carpeting. Right. But later, later... That's the kid Di- from Witness? Yeah. Later, right. later DiCaprio he's says... also in Mars Attacks. Yeah. Later, DiCaprio says, no, the architect doesn't go into the dream. And Ellen Page later than that goes, no, but I am coming because you need me on this for reasons that, again, like, don't think about it too much because it really doesn't make much sense. Right. Like, what are you going to do to protect him from his murderous right. wife ghost? So, never mind. But We'll call her a woast. It's well, a, it's well a, she knows his dark secret, and so she's going to protect them instead of just telling them about yeah. the yeah. dark secret. So it's a, but so it's a level I think the movie should have skipped because I think yeah. I think yours is much cleaner. It's like I'm going to sit in a quiet place and imagine a place you're coming into it and it's I'm simpler. going to I'm going to hold that whole space in my mind and, and then you guys are going to come in. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the server and you guys are going and to And do you know why you know exactly. why I'm so massively confused by that? Even though it's explained kind of because the first time we do it there's only two people. There's an architect and the person filling it with his subconscious, right? So I'm like, okay, got it. She's dreaming this place. He's walking around in it, and all of his subconscious people are walking around with it also there. And then when she starts fucking with it, his subconscious starts attacking her. Two people, That's and that was in my brain. That was like the footprint of the snow, I guess, for the concept. Where This is how it works. Although, We're doing it once. That's how it works Although, actually, the, the first time we see it, obviously, Cobb is the architect because she doesn't know she's dreaming. Right. So that also brings up another thing Brian and I were talking about last night, where I, I think... Cobb is the architect for that parrot sequence, even though it's yeah. said later that Ariadne was or can always be, or he because, doesn't ever design Cobb things. Say, because Cobb says he can't be an architect anymore. But that brings up another that's thing. Because, I was but that's because that only because that brings Mal out. Yeah, that's it can't, all, can't that's be his dream. The, that, that's why she's. That's only on the job. That's yeah. why she's screwing up the the Japan scenario because that's his dream, and she she shows up in those. Right on. So, so. we're saying that Cobb did design the world for the whole. You never know how you got here. How'd you get here? Today, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That that's cool. world, yeah. Now, what happens in that scene, which we'll get to in a second, is. Everything goes fireworky and popcorny, right? It starts exploding. Yeah. Which is a change to the universe that had they not died as a result of it, his subconscious would have probably, or her subconscious would have started attacking them and all that shit. A change happens, they would have noticed, and they would have started beating them up. 
but they didn't get to that stage because they died when it exploded, right? Which means they can change the world in such a way that it kills them and wakes them up. Mm-hmm. They never do that again. Yeah, and that, well, that seems like a really good that seems like emergency. A, get out of chill. Uh, well, no, no. Eject button. But this wall is now a bomb. Ready to die? Boom. Hold, hold on. That's exactly why well, they, they, they can't do it later. That's why they that's why they set it up that the you sedative. can't you can't kill yourself right. because right. you just go to limbo. Which is it's a, quite frankly the aspect of I, I like the fact that they set up this thing. It's because it's a cliche in, in Matrix and plenty of other things where if you die in the dream, you die in real life. Ah, yeah. which is a complete cliche at this point. And I like the fact that they go away from that, except yeah. they do it until they need it. Well, and then the third act is like, oh no! And now it's the third act. So if, if you die, if you, you die. You just go insane. Yeah, yeah. Basically, which is like, it, if yeah, you die a in risk. a dream, you basically it's like, more it's like, or less it, die. And in that's one of the things the movie keeps doing is like, you know, well into the third act, someone will run in and go, "Wait, guys, there's a piece of exposition we need to tell you now. Yeah. Hold on, uh, we're going to change the rules one more time." I didn't mention this yet. Yeah, I should have totally really should have mentioned this life. back in Act One. It occurs to me now. I was reading an interesting article that says, you know, he does a bunch of stuff with clocks in the first five minutes. Yeah. You think it's going to be a motif, and then it doesn't really come back. Yeah. And, you know, there's not much of a motif going on it's, here, at least Well, visually. other than it's time tries it's, to be it's, a motif. It's footprint in the snow to show you that time goes the time of yeah. different levels. Because the, the only one that watches the whole movie. The thing they maintain is the time ramp, where yeah. mm-hmm. and it slows down. To show that, you know, which, which direction we're headed. It's like we're going up, everything will speed up. If we're going down yeah. down a level, it'll slow down. One of the questions, one of the unanswered questions I have is why in this 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 dream, the uh, the wherever they are. The Sato they, dream in the first place. Yeah, the the one with the wrong carpeting. Yeah, gotcha. uh, Middle East. Why did they stage it in the middle of a riot that interrupts their, they what didn't. they're doing? His, the, his the riot brain is, is figuring out that something's wrong and the subconscious. Oh, so is they're, they're breaking yeah, it. Yeah, okay. That, that right. riot is We should establish a uh, nomenclature for talking about dreams. Fair let's, enough. Let's say... Um, there's reality, there's the main dream, and there's dream two, then there's dream three. Okay. And then there's, so we're going, there's, and then there's, there's limbo. Five levels, there's your main dream right, that's happening, limbo. and then dream two, dream three, limbo. Okay. Got Fair it? Enough. All right. Well, we can all, sure. I'm like, we can also refer to them as, you know, the, by, by their location. By their location, call the it, hotel. Call it Paris, or, call yeah, it Middle East, call If we're going to have, like, abstract or conceptual conversations, okay, fair sure. Now, something we should talk about at some point, and we have two and a half hours, but there's a lot to talk about, so we'll see, uh, is at, at, how do we feel about. If Christopher Nolan had the seed of an idea, I don't know how it got there, but he had a seed of an idea. True inspiration. <laughs> Came to him in a dream. Um, <laughs> Planted there by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, at which Apparently point, he's been working on this for like 10 years. He yeah, just yeah, wants to do something well, with that, dreams. They say that, and I, I, I always take those sort of claims with a grain of salt. Not that I don't believe that it was 10 well, not, years in the making, but constantly. he didn't spend yeah, 10 yeah, years yeah, working yeah, yeah. on it. Sure. You know, yeah. And Cameron didn't spend 20 years working on Avatar. Yeah. He, right. he thought about it once every couple years for he's a like, week oh, or two. Fuck, and, he adds, yeah. Yeah. and then, and then yeah. he's, at some point, he actually pitched it to Warner Brothers and then had to sit down for six months and write the script. Right. Now, um, at one point he had this idea. At which point do you think he decided, I'm not going to have this feel like eternal sunshine. I'm going to have this feel as if it's a completely plausible reality when you're in the dream. Whenever he did that, that was the wrong decision to make, in my opinion. And yet that's the premise. The premise is that you can pull someone into a dream that feels so real that they don't realize it's a dream. Right. That's the whole freaking premise. But, right. but the, the aspect of dreams is that when you're in them, crazy shit happens and that will and never they, happen. And, yeah. It but, never but, occurs to you that it's but, not yeah, real. Yeah, but I think, I think the idea of, you know, how do you, how do you make a movie like that? Uh-huh. How do you make a movie where... You know, Jim Carrey and and uh, and uh, Kate, Winslet. Know, Kate Winslet are walking down the street, and cars are falling from the sky, and they don't go, "Wow, this is kind of weird." Well, they did it in Turtle Sunshine, yeah, because that's, that's what that is. I think, I think that's what that movie is. Well, well, one thing I th- I uh, I thought they could know be they're in a dream in that movie when those things yeah. are happening. But well, uh, thing, also, Eternal Sunshine isn't about dreams; it's about memories. memories yeah. So. Exactly. yeah, but, but mindscapes a, is the yeah. mindscapes. Yeah. yeah. What, well, what one thing I thought could be interesting uh, could be because um, because the whole thing about 
uh, you know, the the dream changing and stuff like that. One way I, I feel like you could have gone is it's the job of the architect to try and the, – the dream wants to become unstable. The dream wants to start exactly. getting crazy. Right. So it's the job of the architect to maintain it. That's, so you can, that solves the so problem. So you can see stuff yeah. getting weird and the architect's like, oh, shit, no. Yeah, and, then, and then when, when things start going bad, when the subconscious starts attacking and the concentration starts to lapse, then things start and that's to fall And that's apart. what T and I were they, talking about last night. It's, yeah. it's this – you know, they establish early on. Oh, you can do the, you can bend, you can city bend a place, but you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you can't, because then the, the, the subconscious, subconscious starts will, to go. Wait, I'm. We'll see what's going on. The issue is, that, you know, you establish that. So, okay, you create an incentive for them not to do that, which works on a character level in terms of. But once showing the me subconscious is already attacking exactly. you, what's the point? At then the, why not just in the climax, start shooting them with buildings? But at, <laughs> at the Jesus point, Christ, that's awesome. <laughs> at the, at the, I ran out of bullets. <laughs> <laughs> when you get to the point where you're having these snowmobile car chase, you know, machine gun fights anyway yeah. with the person subconscious, yeah. throw avalanches hey, at them. There's a mountain now. Exactly. It wasn't there before, but now it is right behind me. Right. You know? But but the I third mean, act never turns into that. No, it just no. stays with the with the car well, chase. Which it ought to. I mean, there's 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 even a there, well, Tom, the problem. There, go ahead. Again, it it depends on and it's shaky. You know, the architect versus or whatever. Because in the snow world, they're in Killian's dream. Right. That's right. Yeah. So. Which he still he, can't know. Like, he, Wait, he, who? His yeah. dream? <laughs> yeah. So he knows. He knows it's a dream because they've come from one level above. Right. He doesn't know well, that they level told was him. A dream. They told they, him exactly. they're going. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, yeah. This, he knows it's a dream, but you know, but he he's they're telling him he has to. Play no, he by knows the he rules. was dreaming the first time oh, too because they pulled the Mister Whatever and Leo says this is a dream. Right. Oh, but yeah. the, he doesn't yeah. know that the top, top level of what he thinks was real was also a dream. Right. He doesn't know that the hostage thing wasn't real. But it's like that's his dream. So or or was it actually his dream or did they just tell him that to get? Oh, that was the idea. No, they're actually no, they're in they're in Cobb's dream. Right. Because that's what that's what allows Mal to show up. They allowed no, right? No, no, no. The hotel. The, no, no, no. the hotel. Okay. The ho- what's what's Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character? Arthur. Arthur. The hotel Arthur's is Arthur's dream. dream, and then the the next level the down is, is Yusuf. Uh, yeah. The hotel is Arthur, and the- then the mountain. The the snowmobile chase is Cobb, but they've told Killian Murphy that it's his. dream. Oh wait, or is it? Oh jeez. Oh, <laughs> no, no, hold on. Just uh, in the movie will tell us, but or is it? It's or is it? Uh, big Lip Guy. Uh, Eames, yeah, uh, Eames. Shinzon, whatever his name is. Tom, uh, Hardy? No, no, Tom, Tom Hardy. Hardy. I don't yeah, think Hardy. he. He. I don't think he takes care of a dream. I, it's I don't Shinzon. Think he takes on a dream. It one is the, Shinzon. One, one of it the few Shinzon. bright spots of Star Trek Nemesis. Thank you. Very That's much. why uh, uh, when I saw it with um, my roommate Katie, she's like, "Who the fuck is that? I know him." <laughs> it's like it's, it's, it's Shinzon, Shinzon from Nemesis. But, yeah, he's a weird guy. Um, but because because. It, the last level down is Cobb because that's his so, well, they go into yeah, they go limbo. into Cobb's limbo, limbo which means the the third level was Cobb's dream. The Snow Fortress was Cobb's dream because okay. they go into Cobb's limbo. I think limbo. well, I think no, okay, I think the the rule with you may be right, but I but my understanding was the rule with limbo was is, that if there's limbo, already one in the group, yeah, that's where you limbo go. limbo is a blank space if if. It's just, you know, Limbo is a blank space unless someone's already been there and populated it, in which case it's their yeah, Limbo. It's I don't know another, what... Another dodgy kind of like... Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're just so it, so I don't know what would happen so Limbo if doesn't belong it. to anybody. It's a shared space. Among yes. the people okay. that are connected to the machine. It's of the sh- people that are in the in this series of dreams, yeah. it's, it's a shared space. It's yet another it's not thing shared that, universally. It's yet another yeah. Heisenberg plot point yeah. where if you look directly at it, it yeah. kind of fades if, away. If, yeah. So, like, so what? If Cobb hadn't been in the group, then whoever went to Limbo first would have made Limbo whatever it they been wanted a blank it to be. World. It would have yeah. been a blank world, and they would have populated and, and, it however hey they guys, wanted to. Check it out! I made pizza. Yeah, yeah. and but, there's um, no subconscious people in Limbo. No, that would have been an excellent place to start fucking with things and show us making buildings out of random stuff. Well, that's what they do. That's what that's yeah. what. He well, they and say that happened, but we just sh- we show up there and we see. Oh, they raised a building. Right. We don't see like a fucking awesome set piece. No, 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 see, no. That would be a good place to have like fifty million dollars worth of awesome set pieces in this movie. Yeah. 
We, and we see but that we wasted a lot should, of that money. They should have spent more money on visual effects in no. this movie. We, oh, and, yeah, we, totally. and we see yes. that we see the we see the limbo world. <laughs> Employ some come people. Down. Oh, it already won the Oscar. Right. It's like yeah. this is the biggest effects movie. This is bigger than Avatar. This movie in terms of effects. Really? Yes, I said. It. Yeah, I don't believe. I don't believe you. <laughs> you I think I disagree. If they, they they built a train and drove it through downtown Los Angeles. We're talking about That's a two and a half hour all CG movie. Mm. Yeah, which is all CG. That's yeah. different than building a train and driving through downtown right. Los, down Los Angeles. That's, that's, that's different than building an entire hotel hallway. Is your that point that there's more right special right effects in this movie? Special that's effects. Right. Okay, yeah. special because effects. Yes, 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 because okay. all of that is visual effects. I thought your claim was there's more visual effects in this movie. I'm like, uh-uh. No, there's more, there's more effects. Right, 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 right. Okay. I just feel like we could have lost the James Bond snow fortress scene and done another folding Paris well, scene. Yeah, yeah. He, the, the thing because is... Because we've seen that fucking I, snow fortress scene before. Plus, it's confusing. Was, plus, I don't get it. He may have been <laughs> joking, but he basically openly said, this is this was my chance to make a James Bond yeah, movie. I t- when, yeah, I when the movie... Because I had no idea that was coming when I watched it the first time. When they cut to a thing like, oh, you you James Bond, Honor yeah, Majesty's yeah. Secret Service, son of a bitch. <laughs> you, you, just said, you just said, I want to do that scene. And it's like, Jesus Christ, how much money do they give you to make this movie? When suddenly there was that. And I'm like, this is the biggest movie ever uh, the, made this year. Yeah, when they're blowing up this entire fucking compound in the yeah, middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's fantastic. Here's my you other... You, you, have to make, you have to make Batman and the Dark Knight to get a studio to do right, that. Right, like, right. We don't even understand your freaking movie, but here's $100 million. Yeah. Fine, go. Do it. Here's... Uh, I think one of the... Uh, if not problems, but one of the things that makes this movie a little tough to engage with, like emotionally, is that ultimately the plot is about corporate espionage. It's like, oh yeah. no, well, if he, the if thing. they don't succeed, then the big corporation will yes. exist. Like that, and it already yeah. does. And it's like, what's it, what? What might have been more interesting is if if it had directly involved, like, well, people have said that it might be better if it was Maul trying to incept. Cog. Sure, sure. That would have been more resonant I mean, uh, than corporate espionage. Or there could have been. I mean, if it's going to be about Maul, maybe, maybe instead of, you know, I don't know how you could work this in with the idea of of an inception and stuff, and he feels guilty about doing it to Maul and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, what if what if she was what if she was like murdered or she disappeared or something, and they have to go into some uh uh you know some criminal's mind to to get him to confess to something, and I think that's the cell. So I'm probably just repitching yeah, the cell, I think but it is actually, yeah. but they have to go into the, to to but it's in, like they have to get him to confess, so they have to get him to tell tell the cops you know where something is, where some some which also leads to solving Mal's murder, which, which or leads whatever. to solving that exactly. So so and but but you know he's in there and he's like oh shit this guy was involved, this guy did it, and you know yeah. so so he's like I'm not sure I should continue with this or maybe I should just drive him insane and kill him or something well, while I'm a, in his brain. And stuff it's like a very that. film noir thing. To to have to have the two plot lines. You have you know the the MacGuffin plot line of the characters trying to get the um, of trying to get the MacGuffin whatever it is the Maltese Falcon, and then the, the parallel plot line which is your protagonist dealing with the femme fatale the the woman of his past of, or the mysterious woman or, or whatever. And it's ideally you want those two to they intertwine collide, thematically yeah, yeah, in some way yeah. and, and like the Maltese. It Falcon. turns out that the the he was it was all one case all along. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I didn't, didn't realize it. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's how it's supposed that, to be in a noir, and it doesn't come together. They, like they that don't here. come together anyway. The only thing the corporate that Michael, espionage is just corporate espionage, yeah. and Mal is just kind of Mal. Yeah. The only thing that Michael Kine does Michael in this movie. Kine. No, no, Michael, Michael Kine Michael sounds Kine. like this. <laughs> Go ahead, Michael it's Kine. Like now he's had a no, lot no, of cigarettes. This is how Michael <laughs> Kine so talks. Very, very emotional. emotional. <laughs> when he gets very emotional, and the voice breaks, that's Michael Kine. Go ahead. I always thought it was more I, Mark Kine, huh. Michael Kine. Anyway, hey, uh, the only thing he does in this, this movie is um, find him an architect and later drive him home from the airport. Yeah, it's a cameo. <laughs> yeah. 
It is. It's a cameo it's so a, they can exposit each other. Yeah, no, well, Nolan can't make a movie without Kane anymore. I mean, and excuse me, he sure as hell. If Kane's, I had him on speed yeah. dial, I fucking wouldn't either. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Kane will show up in my movie. I'm calling. I'm yeah. Ready. Michael, I got a scene for you. It's like two scenes. You're in and out in three days. It's yeah. great. Michael Caine okay. was responsible for one of the leading pieces of... You know how like when George Lucas would say something new about Star Wars and then fucking the fanboys would just fight each other for a year trying to figure out if he if that was right or the other thing was right and that kind of thing? Michael Caine was responsible for one of those for Inception. At one point he said, I only exist in reality. I never show up in Cobb's dream. I'm at the end of the movie. It's reality. Right. And then there's, and then there's the a bunch of people saying, like, no. I don't think Michael Caine gets it. Because that doesn't line up with the thousands of other pieces of evidence we have. That it how was. does that how does that not line up? He I don't recall. It's the, it's the I, 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 I'm, I'm retelling <laughs> you the, the I'm retelling you the controversy. I, de- I deny there, there their people, reality and there substitute are people on the my own. Don't think we went to the moon. They can yeah. justify <laughs> anything. Yeah. Now fair um, enough. This movie is a strange mix of talky and blowy uppy. And for talky and blowy uppy, I'll go with the Matrix because I th- the first one. Anyway. The first one, yeah. Because I. I I understand it better. For some reason, they've set, they've explained everything differently by the end of the first act, and I'm, I understand why Neo is making this choice at some point later in the movie, because I understand how the thing works. Right. This movie, I never quite... There's a difference between, and it's a very subtle difference, and it's hard to articulate, especially to someone who's written a script, and you're trying to explain to them what's wrong with it. There's a subtle difference between your audience going along with the movie, and your audience knowing the stakes, and knowing why they're making this choice, and what the what the... What the the, the reason they would make this choice is and what's really freaky or cool or interesting or uplifting or scary or compelling about a choice because they understand the world, right? right. Now, a lot of times well, the audience engaged. will go with you either way, yeah. but being engaged is a very exactly. specific, very different thing. There's, there's, it's hard to be engaged with this. There's engaged and there's, well, I'm in the seat and I can't really stop you, so I feel like on. this movie yeah. and, and what that, what that has to do with... What that has to do with is the foundation. I don't think this movie has a sol- totally solid foundation for a viewer. It doesn't set you up and go, here's how the world works. Story time. By the way, I want to say it, the editing of this movie is fantastic in terms of this, but particularly this scene. The, uh, with her drawing the mazes? With, yeah, during the maze test. And there's a lot of other points, too, but this is one of the, the highlights. Uh, th- there's a, they use jump cuts a lot, but they, man- they somehow manage to do it in a way that it doesn't feel like the action is jumpy. The action still feels very fluid. And they end up cutting around a lot of like shoe leather moments and shoe leather business in, in side scenes. And it just it manages to because we we did a we just went over a scene that you know according to the dialogue it was you know design me a maze that takes two minutes to solve in one minute so that's three minutes in the real world of of that of that test three minutes and they do the, the thing like I didn't three know there was math in this <laughs> anyway <laughs> hold on that's what I get to yeah yeah uh, <laughs> but anyway they do this like three minute test thing at least several times but we cut over that and we cut through that whole scene. In what may be like thirty seconds yeah, or something, yeah. but it doesn't feel jumpy in any way, shape, or form. It still feels. You get it. Well, it's a it's a it's a non music montage. It's just yeah, a, yep, yeah, get it, get it, get exactly. It, get it. It, it, Nolan. A lot of people, you know, they're like, oh, Nolan's pretentious and blah blah, blah and and you know, uh, talks down no, to the audience. No, he's British. Yeah, but I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> but for Welsh, thing, is for Welsh? me, I don't know. he's not pretentious. He has an accent. For, and for for me, you you know, you look at stuff like that, and it's like, no, Nolan actually. Nolan isn't condescending to the audience. Nolan assumes that the audience is as smart as he is and is just going to be able to follow hey, along. He's with just what he's talking doing. at his level, and he's talking at his level. And he, you know, he he knows he knows and trusts that they know the language of cinema. So, like uh, Teague just said, you know, he's like, "This is a montage. Yeah. I'm not going to put like montagey music on it, yeah. but it's a montage, and they'll get it. And and you do, you follow along with it just fine." I didn't yeah. want to interrupt you guys, but Rackham and I said my last thing about the solid foundation in the chat room. Doctor Submarine said. 
Not a solid foundation. There's an entire hour of nothing but setup. Yeah. I what agree. I said yeah. and what you said are not exclusive things. <laughs> I'm not saying there wasn't an hour of fucking setup. Yeah. I'm saying it didn't quite work. Yeah, it's well it's it's a this movie has so much pipe that needs to be laid yeah. that it would have been I wish they had just spent time on the big pipes and left out the, the smaller pipes yeah, until but the, well, just know, until the fu- fucking fluid was running. So the but the issue is, you know, y- if it's a simple thing, like, the DeLorean, it goes 88 miles an hour, it goes back in time if you put it on a keypad. That, okay, good. Yeah. We're done. That's it. This movie needs a lot more setup than that, <laughs> and it's got to go somewhere because that's the movie. So, so the problem is, if you did all that in the first half hour just in one giant block, it would have been horrifyingly deadly dull. So they had to, you know, space it out to the point where they're still laying pipe into the third yeah. act. See why, see, why isn't Look this... Look at this popcorn scene. This is cool. Yeah, it, but, you know, if, really they're, if they're in the middle of... Uh, of you know, being chased by a subconscious and stuff in the third act. Why aren't they blowing up the city behind right. them? Right, like this. Why aren't Why aren't they blowing up the city like this? Why aren't they bending the city to right. make new escape routes? Yeah, exactly. And, and throw up obstacles in front of the people that are chasing yeah. them. Now, okay, can I do a thing? Do, you, yeah. do, do we have time? You've well, you got something have... printed on a piece of paper, so clearly, I just, I, what is something's that? up. It's a thing. Okay, it's, it's, I just it's, wanted to, I just wanted to point out one thing about you know saying, you saying you're like eyeballing my printout, like yeah, what like, is that? Is what the fuck that's, is that? That's a big. Block. What the fuck is that? Saying, uh, saying, what's in the box? You know, uh, uh, in terms of setup and stuff like that, there's still more because because you know I read a lot of behind the scenes stuff because I was interested in how this was made, and one of the things about <laughs> the suitcase is that uh, the the way that it works, and I'm so glad they didn't explain this because yeah. I would have disengaged from the film. The true magic bean of the movie this. is the, the magic bean of the the movie. The suitcase is that it's it's like chemicals and hormones like everyone's hormones mix and somehow that makes the dreams mix but that would take minutes and minutes to get around to everyone and stuff like that and i'm like i do not accept that i don't accept that and i would have they're connected by tubes get over it yeah i would exactly they're connected by tubes and they share their dreams that's what makes it the magic bean this movie couldn't happen without that suitcase and like we have no no suitcase colored colored liquid done exactly this is more and like i i said in in a forum thread that we were talking about the hunger games but i compared it to this this is more science fantasy than science fiction because they're not they don't explain the magic bean in that sense they right. just say they just say it, we have a box that lets us share dreams this. yeah moving yeah. on and, and the box yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and again the key to the magic bean is if in the explanation the word somehow shows up yeah. <laughs> we have a box that somehow <laughs> yeah. allows us to share so, dreams so here's okay? the here's the scene where, where she bending. starts bending it and she starts making bridges and stuff like that and I really liked the way I think it was Zarben he, he said it on the forums he was like this is a scene where they basically walk into the you know they walk into the room with a duffel bag full of guns and just lay them one after the other on the mantle yeah. and then they never go off yeah. <laughs> you know that's what that's what the issue with it. but Brian, this is beautiful work. Oh, it's, 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 it's double negative there's a d show go d yeah. go d we have a bunch of d listeners what's up d yeah, i'm pretty and sure it was ilm <laughs> well, well, no, and it's it's uh, great listen be- guys i'm not gonna make the same mistake again <laughs> yeah. it was absolutely digital where domain. is the yeah. sun coming from now the, that, that was my thing when i when i watched this i was like i'm not sure i quite buy the sun and if you listen to to um a, a number you know the fx uh podcast and stuff they even say they're like we assumed there was a park or something that the sun could come in like we had we had to justify it for ourselves the sun <laughs> moved too like, just fuck yeah. off i was and like i, I was glad it, they at least acknowledged yeah, well, the here's the thing the if they're gonna if they have to make a concession to make it look right that's fine, and they totally did. It that, looks exactly it's a, the way you'd think it would. Dream, so, yeah, that's you know, that's okay. that scene where they walk up the wall. That's like to me the least successful effect in this movie. And, and for they some had to. Reason. It actually is a physical. It's a practical yeah. effect, but they had to fudge it because it didn't. It still yeah. didn't quite work out. No. But um, now Brian again, was pointing out last night that these guys aren't fucking killing them. They just made right. a massive change. They have, sort they of they're sort of the pissed. city. Like they've said, the stakes are you can't change the dream because they'll attack you. Well. 
Well, they, they, no, it, it compounds. They it do, builds she does up. it a few yes, times, yes. but she just flipped the city on this, its head. This is great. Why yeah, don't we again. see more of this during a chase scene? You know, it's fantastic. But uh, well, for this very reason that uh, usually they're not. They're trying not to break the dream. I mean, right. it's but it's, if they're already being chased and well, the dream is broken. But, but no, it's not. Not if they're being chased. That means that the the dreamer is suspecting it's a dream. Right. And and always, you know, because they've been weaponized. The idea right, is right, they're right. always on the lookout for, for oddities. Right. So the more oddities you create, the more the dreamer will go, right. wait, this is a fucking but, dream, and wake up. But, once but if they're gone, trying to escape, yeah, and they've already yeah. alerted them to their presence. Yeah. Once, once the subconscious is already attacking you, what do you have and to I would say, And I would say once you, you the, conscious, the idea, and I'll go to bat for the movie, is the... Well, the just because will... just because the, the the subconscious suspects that there's an, a, a strange element doesn't mean the dream has completely collapsed. It's only when the dreamer is completely convinced, right? As you see in the beginning, it's like the dream is collapsing because Saito says, "Wait a minute, I get it. This is a dream." Right. But, but but that's, I, wanna, that's I would any, say I would say because there because there are multiple. Well, yes, we should have that, but yeah. but also because there are multiple levels. It's like once Killian Murphy is asleep, he's no longer going to become aware of it at that level. Exactly. So then all bets then can all be bets off too. Off, as well. We should but, throw a quick shout out to Bruce Brannett. But thank God because he's in a weightless world at that right. point. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go. Wait, what's up with this shit? We should throw out a quick shout out to Bruce Brannett, whose uh, short film World Builder capitalizes on yeah. a lot of what we wanted ah, yes. to see in Inception. It's really Before cool. Before this movie, was go made. check it out. Go check out World Builder. It's really cool. Predates this movie. Is that does that have anything to do with uh, no, I'm Mickey's, save that Mickey's later. thing on Inception? No, it doesn't. Because we should bring that up as well since she's not here to do it. Do you recall what her thing is? Uh, it, we can it, get into it later, but it's, yeah, we should get into that. It was about the totems and primarily about the uh, the top. Uh, I want I to. Uh, that's right. Well, that's right. I'll bring it up next her, time we see the top. Yeah. Um, something that is really impressive about that last scene with the two mirrors and she builds the bridge. She copy and pastes that way. Is the uh, at one point they would have had to do a rig removal on the camera and the operator, yep. and she's passing through that yeah. area which means they had to invent an ellen page or they had to film that element just for that they one background they, scene. they only had it's, it's a really impressive no, in that thing. Sh- in that uh in that shot they only had one giant mirror so seeing the double mirror effect so is that was a cg extension digital yeah yeah, it was, yeah. It was a that's clever they had one thing. giant mirror and then they panned over and then they blended to an, a shot where they had moved the giant mirror to the other side of the bridge and and did it again it's so. almost like dean egg is good <laughs> <laughs> well they did win an oscar for this so go dean eggers I, D, D Neg guys. <laughs> yeah, careful about that. Correct me if I'm wrong. This this movie won the Oscar, not 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 Avatar, right? I I don't well, recall. Avatar is Quick chat room, <laughs> computer, go. Yeah. Oh, by the way, guys, we need some tropes. Oh, TVTropes.org. By the way, okay, okay, here we are with the top. Okay, um, so, so I think her point. Tropes. I think her point is that if you have the ability to see the world the way you want to in a dream, and you can bring in Mal, and you can bring in the train, you also have the ability to make that top spin or not spin. Yes, you yes, can. Yeah. The whole it's, point it's, is. It's, it's a faulty no, logic can, to well, say no, that you this can, will save you. You can no, confirm that you are in a dream because the top will keep spinning. But if you really wanted to, you could be in a dream and you could will the top to fall. No, so but you the can't point actually. Is, the point is that's how you check that you're not in someone else's dream that they're fooling you with because they don't know when the top should fall. Ah, that's the whole point of the totem. Oh, okay, okay. Is, is only Ariadne knows how how heavy her pawn should be because right. she's hollowed it out. Someone could go, oh, she always carries a pawn, but how heavy is it? Right. If you she, don't ever let anyone. And that's why it, she hollows it out, so no okay. one can ever. You know, and he has his die. Okay. That, that okay. Lands a certain now, I, I got you. Now so I read that. that's the point of the top. Is, okay, that's is, been. Is that's how you know you're not in someone's dream? Not in someone else's dream. Yeah, in someone yeah. else's dream and being fooled. That's how. You, but because okay. you see, every time he spins the top, he pulls out his gun because he's ready to blow his brains right. out if the top doesn't work right. Right. Anyway, that but, actually makes sense. Okay. For but instance, it, it well, doesn't help you if you're in your own dream, if you're in your right, own limbo right. and have fooled yourself. But if yeah, you're yeah. in your own limbo, you know it. You, it's your dream. Unless you, know you, your dream. Unless you forget, like Maul. Yeah, like Maul yeah. did. But go ahead. Uh, exactly. This is a trope called, it's all just a dream. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll get more and into well, it. And what's I, that one about? I apologize I wonder, to TV Tropes for not mentioning the, them up front, but we do ulti- trope throughout the episode. The ultimate trope of it was all a dream. Which which I thought was funny. Even while watching this, I, I you know, I was thinking to myself, this is like the one movie where it's acceptable to be like, and it was all the a dream. dream. Yeah, it's exactly. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny ah. how this w- the dream within a dream was the very first trope I was ever aware of as a, as a as a kid from that Alf episode. You guys remember that one? <laughs> this movie is totally ripping off Alf. Well, it's, I mean, dream within a dream is a, is a trope that's older than than dirt. I would ima- um, I would assume. So I mean, you have to is give a dream within a dream is a phrase from Shakespeare, I think, isn't it? Oh, uh, let's dream see. within a dream. It uh, did. It won Best Achievement in Visual Effects. Yeah. It also won Sound Mixing, Sound Editing, and Cinematography. Brown. And it was nominated for Art Direction, uh, Score, yeah. uh, Screenplay, and Best Picture. And the, and the point, it wasn't even nominated for editing. Uh, apparently not. Wow. No. And, and Thank you. And was, did, uh, it, did, it, did, it, his, not, this, did it not beat Avatar? For it did. Yeah. It w- well, no. Avatar was 2009. Yeah. So that was a different year. Okay. So that was the so we got a pour our one. It's here. I want to pour one right. out for my D negas. Yeah. yeah. Stop it. So <laughs> there's an E in it. I wrote. I, I will. Say, I just, just want to say. Okay. So it wasn't up against Avatar because Avatar would have would have walked away with it. But the the year that I, and I wrote about this in the forum. If you want to look back after I went to the Bake Off, um, I said uh, it's, it's Inception. If it isn't Inception this year, there's right. no there's no justice. There's no in the justice. World. In the world. <laughs> yeah. This um up is the second time Avatar would have been. We've explained the plot, yeah. and there's a third time coming up. Saito wants to do this because of this. Yeah. That happens once. Saito wants to do this because of this. That happens now. And then Saito's going to come back and explain it to the whole group a third time. Wait, what? He ex- <laughs> What's this? This Define being this. The, 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 the stakes and the espionage and, and why this, why that, etc. But he, I, I think he, ex- you know... Uh, Oh, he explains, time uh, he explains a different level of it each time. <laughs> because before he was just like, I want him to break up his empire. And then next time he's like, I want him to break up his empire because fucking children are starving in Africa or some shit or what. Like, he, he it yeah, gets a little more they're trying to. They're, it's funny how he's, they're trying to, you know, it's true that, that it is kind of like, wait, so really what's at stake? So that's that's the reason why really what's at stake is Cobb and his kids. Right. That's that's what we care right, about. Right, right, right. The, the corporate espionage is its own MacGuffin. Like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like, again, it's the ultimate recipe for – he will have the ultimate recipe for egg salad, and anyone who controls right. the ultimate recipe yeah. will, control, will rule the world. Don't ask me why egg salad. I have enough aggravation. But it's just true, okay? It's just <laughs> how it is. Um, it, it's just basically playing on the – remember Enron? They were they, they, global – bad, right? So that – you know. We've got to break him up because that's bad. Because that's bad. Monopolies yeah. are bad. And I, meanwhile, am a Japanese multi-billionaire who yeah. can have people killed. But I'm good. That I want, break up that his I'm, corporation, I'm but not mine. Exactly. But you know me, so therefore you like me. Exactly. So in the end, it's like it really is – the mission isn't necessarily that big a deal. I mean that's funny. I have a question about that. what's going on right now. We're in the – we just met Eames and he's doing his gambling thing and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now he's being chased across wherever this is by – Mumbai, I believe. Something like that. Um by all these guys that are following him, right? He has these tales. Yeah. Is this or is this not a dream? This is not a dream. No, it's, it's not a dream. So we're, we're supposed so, to understand it's not a dream. So who are these? Well, because all these people are like they're from, inexplicably attacking these him. These are no, the guys from the other company that he fucked no, up. No, no. The yes. fucking cafeteria full of people are attacking him. Oh, no. And the guy's no, running no, up no, and yelling no, no, at him. No, they're they're no. attacking him because he's a white dude. Because he's a white like dude who just jumped the line into yeah. the cafe. Who are these guys that are following him? These are the guys that he screwed up the yeah. mission in the beginning of the movie they're the ones who hired him to, to extract Saito. from Saito engineering okay. he failed so now they're go- they're trying to kill him blankety blank engineering they're trying to kill him <laughs> yeah it's yeah. pretty straightforward he failed yeah. kill him well yeah because yeah, he knows well. too much <laughs> at this point as they, you know, as they said you know when when uh, when kid from uh, Witness got dragged off he's like uh, yeah well, that's you know those, those other the, that, that other firm 
is going to find yeah, him. Yeah, they're, they're like, gonna are you going to kill him? Saito's like, no, that's not how I roll. But that other group. <laughs> that other guy, that company <laughs> that hired you, yeah, they totally agree. They're, 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 they're and they say way. earlier, be- you know, before he goes Mombasa, there. Mombasa, sorry. Before he goes why. there, uh, I think he's talking to Arthur. He's like, oh, you're, you're going there? Aren't they going to get you there? He's like, well, it's a risk I have to take. Yeah. So he knows. So, yeah, this no nobody at that level in this movie would have us believe nobody at that level of industrial you know, industrialness is you know they're like they're like governments they're like yeah oh yeah we totally kill each other's guys all the time that's what we do that's 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 the trope that the movie has that corporations are that big corporations are that big that they become supervillains that way and which may or may not be true in the real world here we go we here we have this moments where it, it's an, an attempt at a refusal of the call i guess where right. they they try to bring Ariadne into this, and he goes, "Uh, no, I'm no, I'm not down." And she walks away. She does that a couple and, times. And then she Fuck comes this. back. By the way, but there's no real motivation. Like she has yeah. no character, really. Right. She's her character exists to her- give them to some to somebody to explain all of this to. Yeah, her motivation to come back was that's kind of awesome. Yeah. yeah. So and that really is the extent of her character. Go, oh, this is cool. I, I like how, by the way, and I just want to acknowledge this, so no, so someone does because nobody has Ariadne. We're just gonna let them have Ariadne. It's kind of on the nose, yeah. Okay, just saying, just saying, just fucking saying. Yeah. There's another great show. Mythologically, Ariadne is Brian. What? She's the. Uh, oh, now I'm gonna blank and look like an idiot. Why are you gonna the, say? Was she's the daughter of the, King Minos, isn't she? Yeah, she's the one that uh, solved or she's, saved. She's the one who the solved the, the labyrinth maze. and all. Yeah, yeah. and tells. Uh, I can never keep track if it's Perseus or Theseus. It's Perseus. Perseus, yeah. Perseus who went into the the minute. Uh, the yeah, let's Perseus. call the whole thing off. Yeah, yeah. Per- Perseus went into the into the ma- uh, maze. She's the one who tells maze. him how to get through and tells him to to take the string with him so he can get back out. Yes. In the chat room, Doc Submarine points out another um, continuing trope in this movie, and this is the kind of trope that I love because it's not an obvious thing. Like Indiana Jones's hat comes off sometimes. It's like, oh shit, I totally have seen that. It's a thing called arc words. I'll give you the example. It's from Doctor Who. Um, this this expression, this phrase, "bad wolf," shows up throughout the entire season, and it's like. It becomes ominous how much it just keeps showing up randomly in different things. And at the end, they explain what that was the whole time. Arc words. In this case, the whole thing about the train. Where they right. start explaining the train. It's like, well, that doesn't fucking mean anything. It doesn't mean anything until the end of the movie. But it keeps popping up. Yeah, the idea is, he's, why are you doing that? I don't like trains. You know, right. He wants to get yeah. off the train. He's like, yeah, they're... they're, they're um, Game of Thrones keeps going, winter is coming. Yeah. You know, until later, you realize what that really means. And in Doctor Who's Bad Wolf, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But I love, that, I love that kind of thing. <laughs> this guy, by the way, if you think about it, Fucking, he's kicking ass. If he's in a movie this summer, that's one of the biggest movies of all time. He'll have three in a row: Avatar and Inception. He was also in um, uh, Drag Me to Hell. Drag Me to Hell. Who? The, oh, Yusuf. Yusuf. Yeah. Yusuf. Yeah. And I love he's, him a lot. I think he's cool. Great I brain. I think he's cool. I don't. He's quite, like our Indian Juatel. I don't. I don't quite like <laughs> yeah. him in this. He's the Britishy guy. I don't quite like him in this because all he's given to do is exposit. So he just kind as opposed of, to anyone else. Yeah, as, as opposed a, to Alan uh, Page. Yeah, yeah. Or I don't know. For some reason, he doesn't quite. He doesn't quite pull it off. I'm still me. trying to make it a thing. I, I think it's a matter of he doesn't have a great character to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, along, he's... along with Ellen Page and other people. Uh, and other people. On the Ariadne thing, Doc Sub also points out the trope. Meaningful name. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Neo. Trinity. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> you know. Skywalker. I, I buy it more in Matrix because people have essentially named themselves That's right. Matrix. That's true. But the fact that she happens to be called Ariadne, who then grew up to be a maze designer, is like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wait a minute. If if I was in the Matrix, I would make my name a rad pole. Why? Because I have a rad pole. Oh, I see. Nice. <laughs> right. Sure. I, loved, I loved how quiet that why was. <laughs> why? <laughs> Today on Fresh Air. It's <laughs> my NPR voice. Everyone loves my sweaty balls. <laughs> 
Okay, all right, fine. I like that they don't bother to show this dream. Like, he goes in yeah. to test it, and they're like, Fuck, he dreams, and... Yeah, you get this out. one, yeah. I, I, obviously, a movie is nothing but a series of contrivances to tell a story, but I like how he can invent, somehow synthesize a chemical that will knock you the... Fu- it's anesthesia that will... You'll keep your inner ear, you'll, you'll keep your balance, this but, guy. It, but you won't... He, he can't make a concession so that you don't go into fucking limbo. It seems so oddly specific that it'll affect everything in your body but your ears. Well, that, that's the weird thing. That the, Also, the weird thing is like, yeah, it leaves the inner ear function. It's like inner why, ear why got nothing that? to do with it because right. they're in a dream. Like the inner ear makes sense for the top level kick. Oh, Michael. The rest of it doesn't make any sense. The, the, the I think you're going to like my printout when it comes up. Well, like now, you're the, into, the whole now you're getting into the physics of the dream and how the physics of a dream, this movie – you know, to to buy the movie, you have to accept that the physics of a dream are very, very much the real world, right? And yet, it's a dream. Right. So, so my question is like, if wait, if you're in a dream, no matter who architected it or whose dream it is, you're running down the street in a dream, and guys are shooting at you. How do you know when you've been hit in the back? Right. This <laughs> is, I just I just can't get how that works in a dream. This is a slightly clever moment because from this point on, after he's gone into this deep Mombasa dream that we never saw. Right. Or, well, maybe that's the, the clever bit here. Mm. He, he goes into the dream to test it out. We never see that dream. And from that point on, he doesn't have the chance to use his top again to see if he's out of the dream again. Mm. Um, so I think, that's, I think that's a red herring. I, don't, I think he is the out of the dream. The fact that he's gone into this dream that we never see yeah. when he comes out of it. But I think I've, it's a I've red heard... herring to make us think maybe he's, that's the dream he's in the rest Just of like the movie. Just like the top of the movie. Yeah. I've read, and I, I wasn't watching for it yesterday, but maybe we can watch for it today. Um, that no, know, there's his, no boobies. His t- the top is actually uh, Mal's totem. It's it's not right. His. That's he, correct. He, he appropriates it so that his totem is actually his wedding ring. So whenever he's that. in a yeah. dream, his wedding ring is on. Whenever he's in real life, he doesn't have the wedding ring. Yeah. God, I hate Christopher Nolan sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I haven't, I haven't like, had the chance to watch the movie well, to see if that it, holds up. It's I haven't either, but I've heard that people have done that, and that at the end of the movie, he does not have a ring. Hence, right. reality. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Fucking people. Printout time. Just to jump. <laughs> Yay, Tom oh, Berenger. Okay, Yay, and also Killian Murphy, who apparently now is going to be in every uh, every uh, every Nolan film, film, every made. I, I, and and I now uh, the, uh, now Bane. Uh, d- what's his name? Is now Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is also going to be in the next movie as well. Uh, I so, was I was reading the IMDb trivia, and it, it's another one of those great like bullshit director trademarks. It's because it was director's <laughs> trademark. Killian Murphy spends a significant portion of the movie with a bag over his head. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's no. yeah. No, no, that's not a. That's, no. not, a, that's not a trademark. Yeah. Uh, Unless it happens in the next one, that's not. If Batman. it happens in Dark Knight Rises, yeah, or, or yeah. In the one and after that. But he's not playing Scarecrow. Yeah, uh, yeah. If he's not playing Scarecrow, then that's you know, it's not a director trademark. This is the third movie in a row where Michael J. Fox is wearing a weird little fucking fishing yeah. vest. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, that's Tom is a Mecca's trademark. Tom yes. Hardy. People have people have what said it someone, before, on the, but... someone on Twitter said. Uh, fucking! They said it was like a trope for Harry Potter too. There's music in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> no, that, that was director the, trademark music. music. No, that was yeah. the that's in IMDb for Jurassic Park. Spielberg Spielberg director trademark music. Well, I think usually they're totally fucking his music. Usually yeah. it's wow. Usually it's John Williams music, but yeah. but still, it's kind of like well, he's not he didn't invent that, but. Uh, yeah, Tom, uh, Tom Hardy. There's a on on Netflix Instant right now. There's a movie he did uh, called Bronson. I love Bronson. I just saw it. He is amazing in it. Yeah. He is absolutely amazing. Tom Hardy is great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's Bane. Exactly. Now, I've so. heard, you know, you don't want to mix actor and character, but I've also heard that he's kind of a prissy little breakable bitch on set. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that's what I've heard. Tom Hardy, my address is, Mike, say your address real quick. 
Yeah. Now, I wasn't sure, we have to look this up, I, I wasn't sure if this was Pete Postlethwaite's last movie, as we, I think we said. Yeah, we're I think talking. it is. We're having a Pete Postlethwaite week, because we, he was in Jurassic Park 2, he's in this, and I just saw last night The Town, that might have uh, been his last oh, movie. Oh, yeah, that's oh, also a good okay. one. Um, I'm wait, not Pete, sure. Pete Postlethwaite. Wait, 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 wait. Pete Postlethwaite. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> Postlethwaite. Uh, Valoons. I, I went to meet Jake at a, at a diner at Corral Cafe over here, and I thought... His last Pete, movie was Killing Bono. I thought Pete Postlewaite was wow, sitting in the booth next, and this was like February or something. And I was like, so I, I, I got there before Jake, so I, when I sat down, I texted, hey, when you come in, see if it's Pete Postlewaite. I couldn't quite be sure. And text me like, yeah, he died, dude. I'm like, oh, so, so no, you're saying t- it's not? No, what he texts, I, I remember because because I, I remember. How do you know it still wasn't him? No, because yeah. because it's like I think I think Pete Postlewaite is is here in the diner with me, and he texted back, if Pete Postlewaite is there, we have a serious problem. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. <laughs> Get a picture if you can. But that's how I found news. out Pete Postlewaite was dead. And that was very sad. Yeah. So there you go. So there she is. She's got her pawn that only she knows what the weight should be. So that's the point of the totem. Okay, so let's talk about memories. On the memories. corners of my mind. All right, okay. Um, all right, so you can. Oh, okay. Why does he well. need the? Okay, he needs the machine <laughs> to to dream because he can't dream without the machine because plot. Was does that, he? But he. But he can't. Wasn't that just the other guys? No, it's a, at one point he says, him. "I can't dream anymore." Yeah, that's why. Yeah. He, he, yeah. But these are memories. Dream. He has a fucking weird ass caged hotel of memories. Does he need the machine to visit his memories too? He can't remember things without the machine because that interest it's a little wrench. Probably not with the level of reality that you have yeah, in a dream. I think, exactly. I think the, the thing that just is he needs the machine so that it's controllable. If he just goes to sleep and has a has a dream of any kind, anything can happen. In other words, it's, it's like a lucid the dream machine is like the machine. Yeah, it's yeah. a lucid dream. He, yeah. he always when he, he he only can sleep when he knows it's a dream and therefore can keep it under control. Right. I think was that's that's the gist I got. Whether that's true, I mean, who knows with this fucking movie? But that's what I took away from it. By the way, it wasn't until last night watching this movie for the third time that I got, aha, that's why all the advertising shit had that weird cool maze thing to it. Because she's building cities that look like mazes from above. And yeah. you only see it for once per second with the model. Which she didn't have time to build a scalar paint, but... Yeah, but still. It's okay, Doc. It's great, Doc. But, the, uh, but yeah, that's the idea, is, it, is that they have to be finite spaces because you can't Right. There's, there's, there's walls spaces. around the outside of it. You're just never supposed to yeah. see them there. So Yusuf, like, you're building like a, a casino, basically. Yeah, so well, Yusuf like, has like to know a, like, how to drive through this city that actually isn't infinite at all to get to wherever the bridge is. Very much like a video game level. It, yeah. Like the, yeah. the old Halo levels where you, it looks infinite, and then you get right up to the wall, and you go, oh, no, there's, <laughs> you can't actually go down that valley. For some reason, I can't go down there, I'm gonna, and I'm, I can't jump over this I would bring this up later, but I think I'll forget to bring it up at that point uh speaking of driving the van around is it the point that that dream lasts a week the the van dream lasts a week is he driving a van around for a week to give them the amount of time that they have later in the movie no actually no no it's the van only the van bit is only an afternoon and then i guess they just go get some coffee for the next six days or something (laughs) i don't know what they um because because i thought i thought they had to get the coffee for six days first and then do drive the van around because the van's in the water but they get they can wake up anytime they want it's just you know that's not from they don't have to stay the whole time no they do because of the sedative the sedative they have to be in there for a week because they're going to be asleep for so much yeah above fair enough okay but uh because i thought it was going to be the kind of like the it almost had like the indie movie premise where it's like because they talk about i think it's in this very scene they talk about at the very low level, they're in there for like ten years, and it's like, so so 
it just becomes this thing where you have these relationships and stuff like that and things happen, you know, you live 10 years of your life it's with like going these to summer people. Camp. Yeah, for 10 years. <laughs> well, again, that's the... Normally they would just go, okay, we're done, boom, and kill themselves and get right. out. It's only until later it goes, oh, actually, you can't do that. Right. Yeah. That's not happening. If you do that, you end up in limbo. Hey, Brian. Yeah. You know how Tom Hardy can just, like, polyjuice himself into anyone he wants to be? Is that a thing? Apparently. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's you know what what we call that a second magic beam. Only see something I never noticed was just as there as we start this uh, street scene that the the city is forming itself in the background. I never noticed that. Sorry, Dean Egg, you you worked really hard on a fact that I just now noticed after seeing this movie about twelve times. So good job. Anyway, you're saying Tom Hardy? Yeah, that's well. Apparently, he has that magical ability in dreams to do that. But only him. Yeah, why him? When he needs it, because he's a forger, man. He's a he's fucking a forger. forger. Oh. That's what it means. And that's not supposed to be a matter. He literally counterfeits his own like poker chips. Yeah. But since he's a forager, we'll give him that job because it's funny. But he also funny. has the allegorical capacity of shape shifting. Yeah. It's weird. It's like there was a he god forges, riding this whole he thing. He forges his identity. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, that's, yeah. That's what they mean when they say he's a forger. Maybe he's, it's just that he's, he's not not a especially in the good real world. at. Maybe it's yeah, he's a forger in the real world. No, he counterfeits his own poker chips in that scene. That's the point. He walks away with no poker chips and, and hands the cashier ch- uh, two stacks of red poker chips. And, and Leo says, a, I see a, your spelling hasn't gotten any better. He says, shut the fuck up. And they walk away. So he's a real counterfeiter in the real world. So, so it's, it might almost just, as if, it's almost as if she was a maze designer and her name was Ariadne. It's, it's yeah. a little on the nose. You, you notice yeah. if Blake Snyder was here, he'd go, oop, too much marzipan, black vet. <laughs> <laughs> he's a black veteran and a veterinarian. He's black vet. It's like... It's like, I, see, I never got that. Now, movie, I hate you because, you know, him being a forger, I always meant like that means he has this whatever weird mental trick he can do. But he's a forger in real life, too. Wait, no, fuck you. Black vet. Too much marzipan. On the subject of being challenged Sorry. as an actor in a weird beyond acting capacity, like if you have to go through like a rape scene and you, and you have to psych yourself up for that and do multiple takes and every time you have to go into that emotional space Wait, and how am hard am it I is. pitching or catching? Catching. Because one, I need to psych myself up. Uh-huh. The other, not so much. Um, <laughs> uh, like for instance, like the, the lady that gets raped and murdered in Strange Days. Imagine being her and like, oh, okay, I got to be in this yeah. mind space and I've got to get here. Yeah. That's an acting challenge. That's It's it's what you do for a movie, right? I would still rather do that than have to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt on the multiple takes where he's leaning back in the chair and Tom Hardy keeps almost knocking. <laughs> like, oh, fuck! Yeah, I'm not doing it again. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Chris, do we have it for the love of Christ? <laughs> which, yeah, which brings up the question. I almost wonder if that just got, like, if he just did that. And it was like, ha that was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your reaction was perfect. Which yeah. brings up the question, though. It's like the first time, if the, if the drop is enough, the kick is enough, um, that's the point of the kick. Why do they have to dunk him in in a tub full of water in the first time? I think they just happening. didn't have a mattress. I don't know. <laughs> so, so it's better for him <laughs> to in drown a bi- in a business suit to fall over backwards into a tub of water than to fall on the floor. It's okay. He put his cell phone on the table first. To fall on a polyester carpet. <laughs> he didn't Here, lose his contacts. Here's a here's a moment in the movie where they're talking about, oh, how are we going to get this guy alone? You know, he flies private jets and we need this certain amount of time. How are we going to get him alone long enough to do this? That should be a, a major obstacle that takes a Wait, fair time. Yeah, but in this movie, no. But no, we we have to spend so much time explaining the mechanics <laughs> like, of this just magic Just like the fact that Mr. Japanese businessman can apparently have charges dropped in eight seconds yeah. with a phone call. Well, like, there's a theory. I fucking researched this. There's a theory that what Saito was promising was that he would get to be with his children in a way that was meaningful to him, thus enforcing the idea that the end of the movie is actually a dream. And Saito says, gotcha, and he makes a phone call, and at some point along the line, DiCaprio gets a roofie, and Saito plugs him into a machine somewhere, and he's hanging out with his kids in the real world. Which, boy, 
Yeah, and we also didn't land on the moon. <laughs> this is a stretch of that. To, you know, again, I just, I just, repo- only, I just report the, the bastards. Only on the internet would some douchebag think that made sense in anyway, this movie. The, the point I wanted to make sure we made is we have to spend so much time on, on the mechanics of how this magic bean works and spend so much time on this exposition that these actual obstacles that should be yeah, what the story they is... They have to just gloss right over. Boom. Right I over bought the airline. I make a phone call and you no longer are a murderer. Well, exactly. I, do like the, I do like the moment where he's like, oh, I bought the airline. I thought it was neat. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. Well, clean. Well, I th- he means clean. It's clean. It's it's like it, it was simpler. a clean way to do it. It's, it's simple. Oh, to do damn it! Why'd you take that from me? I like that moment. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the idea that he's like this sort of goofball it's, billionaire. I thought that like, was cool. Yeah. It seemed neater. I thought the, it, yeah. I thought it neater was neat. in terms of being able to control the the environment. That's sure. what it means. Okay, so we are in the in the in the skyscraper of memories. Now, something I. I still don't understand this. AKA the Tower of Terror. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of where Maul all shows up throughout the entire movie, I I don't think I ever quite understand why or how, even though they've tried to explain it to me. Especially Limbo at the end. They left Limbo. Why is she back there? She, they left Limbo. They died on the train. She's wherever he is. She's wherever he is. She's just a member. So he yeah. brought her yeah. with him. Yeah. And then she yeah. left him no, no, no. and she, went back to the house that she would have liked to have been at. And that's he's imagining that she's in the she's, house. She yeah. is dead. And anytime we see her, as far as he knows, I don't know. You know, we can get conspiracy. So she's not. That. She wasn't in limbo before no, he got was, there. She was. In, no, yeah. she she's was in Schrodinger's mall. Yeah, she was in limbo with him when she was a real person. Then they came out. She went crazy and killed herself. Now, whenever he goes into a dream and he's in control of the dream, a subconscious projection of Mall shows up and fucks yeah. everything. Chat, up. Right. Uh, in the chat room, Ewing makes a, an interesting point he says well you know how you have a song in your head that you can't forget it's like that with a wife. Yeah. she's mal is mal is his guilt yeah. at her at, at causing her to die you know so he, she's always like she's always malevolent because he, uh, again he's, he's, he's on the nose he's accusing him yeah exactly yeah, the he's name accusing himself so yeah. he's accusing himself of killing her right and he can't let that go he can't he can't forgive himself for it so she's the manifestation and the whole and the i i do like that they try he tried to tie together with <laughs> Her death was the result of him performing an inception on her. Yeah. That's why he knows it can work, and that's how it, it ties into it. I, I wish there were... It, I wish it, there was more of it. I wish there was more of that somehow, but, but I this movie do can't like have, that it this, went This movie that has way. no room for more of anything. That's the yeah. problem. So they had to, they had to digress. Now, another... It brings up another issue in terms of this movie has this little cold little lump of a stone at its heart, is that we never see Maul... Other than either malevolent or batshit crazy, yeah, and we're t- we're told like she's we, oh, she, love was, of his life. she was very sweet and he yeah. loved her very much. Yeah. And it's like, well, I guess that's true, yeah. but my God, she's a crazy biatch is all I see. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and again, the movie there's no real way to well, it's the, it's the to, sh- do, to get around that because that's what the movie is. It's but, the show don't tell where we are told so many times that they love each other, but we've never shown that. Yeah, it's like or, you, and we're told that she's this amazing person we're we in love with. Other than never shown it, other than some silent montages of them nuzzling each other, we right. never we never get a sense of. Okay, she, you know, this this is not what she was. You know, this is this right. weird dark mirror version of who the person actually was, which they explain to it. But again, you're sort of like, just on an emotional level, you're kind of like, dude, what did you ever see in that bitch? Yeah. I was like, no, seriously, she wasn't like that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, I get it, but seriously, I, I don't did, like her. I don't like her being around. Intellectually, I understand it, but intuitively, I don't. Yeah. I haven't been shown it, so therefore, I don't intuitively understand it. Yeah, yeah, it's just like any other, you know, uh, movie love story or whatever. It's like if. 
you have to make me fall in love right. in order for me to buy this and buy into it right. and care. And I, yeah. I just, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep with that because <laughs> don't stick your dick in crazy. That's, that's a rule with me. I don't care how wonderful it may seem. You got that letter there? Want to do it? Want to get into it? it? Yeah, so what is this printout you've got Is this Mickey's... uh, Uh, No, no, this is my thing. Okay. (laughs) Mickey's resignation letter? All right. I thought about this for about four hours last night. Oh, God. And I think I'm right. (laughs) This is a... um, And I I checked it with Brian, and he's like, "Uh, I think you're right. Um, I just saw. I, I just saw. Sorry, there was a Saturday morning breakfast cereal thing that was that was the same way. It's like if science worked the same way as sociology, it's like someone says something. It's it's like well, or, or I oh, think the, pundits. I think if, if yeah. Pu- yeah, if science worked the same way as punditry, and it's like I think the world is a cube. What makes you think that? Well, I thought it once, then I thought it again, and that's, that's two, two data, data points, points right, right there. there. <laughs> 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 nice. I checked this with Brian. I checked this with Hanel, uh, and I checked this with Harbin last night because they were the Holy ones that shit. were online. Um, this as, as an, this this exists as an argument for why you shouldn't even try to explain your magic bean, uh, because at one point in this movie, they give you just enough rope to hang yourself with. If you think about it, right. abiding by the laws of this own movie, taking what it says as gospel, it still doesn't work. Here's why, and I had to write it down because it's kind of difficult to articulate. So try to stick with me here. I'm going to read from what I wrote last night. The movie clearly states that what enables the effect of time expanding is a physical chemical process. When unhindered by consciousness, the brain works 20 times faster, and you can do more in the same amount of time. Allowing that this is true in the movie, there's a problem. The conceit of time slowing down exponentially as you go deeper is flawed. It would only happen once in the main dream, because as the movie says, what enables it is a physical change, not a perceptual change. Once you're dreaming, your brain is at full speed. It cannot accelerate because it's a real thing working at its optimal speed already. Dream Leo doesn't have a real physical brain. Everything about his dream experience and dream reality, including his dream brain, is a reflection of his actual human brain. If Dream Leo goes to sleep, a physical chemical change doesn't happen. He's dreaming he's asleep and dreaming, but he's not actually physically changing anything about his mind or its chemistry. He's limited to what his actual brain can do, which is one instance of acceleration, not compounding ones. My actual brain hurts. Well, this goes, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of, like, how does the physics or the mechanics of all this work as, as you go deeper and deeper into the layers? The problem is they say it. If they just said, you know how when you're dreaming, it seems to go faster? Crazy, right? I don't have that problem. But it says, when you're dreaming, your consciousness the, leaves and the, you are unhindered by that limitation. The magic bean of this sedative has this effect on you. But, okay, so that, that sedative... It, it, no, it's not the sedative they're saying, does it? They're saying just no, 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 dream, it's just dream, the dream. dreams work that When way. you click over into dream space, you, you accelerate can, 20 times. Yeah, I dreamed that I walked to China and back, which you could have a dream like but that. But if you're dreaming that you are dreaming, <laughs> you don't actually change again. You're limited by what your actual brain can do, and it can only yeah. do it once. So, although, although I think he does say that the sedative makes it, it – it does compound it even at the first level because normally it's like five minutes of dream uh, – five minutes in the real world is an hour, and he says basically like now five minutes is like six hours in, in right. dream space because of the sedative. Yeah. So there, there is kind of that it, It's a confusion about how the, the physics or the mechanics of it plays. As a result of I, saying this happens because when you're dreaming, it slows down. Right. You, you you have that problem. If right. you just say it seems like you're going faster, right? Crazy. Moving on. Right. Then you. Well, I think the issue and then is at each level. It's yeah. yeah. I, I I I agree with your basic premise, which was that they said one sentence too many about why. Right. Yeah. Right. As opposed to you know you know once you know that just dreams are since dreams are not linear reality, they seem you know you can spend more time in a dream that's than you than you actually slept right. in the right. real world and just say that keeps happening. Right. Um. And so it's just yeah. It's exactly. It's, it's one. It's one thing too many to try and justify that. 
Yeah. It's like, well, you see, it's a form of fusion combined with the body yeah. heat. No, no, Stop. damn it. No, yeah. you went one step too far. Now it doesn't make sense. You should have left it alone, Matrix. So this is – I agree with you. Yeah. Shockingly. Anyway. I agree with you uh, that that's one of the one of the couple of what times where the movie was like, no, you, no, that one you could have left alone. You could have just let that go yeah. and it would have been actually a little better. Isn't Saito in the cabin? How does he not know what his main competitor looks like? Because they all look a little... <laughs> yeah. I didn't say well, shit. Presumably Saito is laying low until he's sedated. Well, no, right, Saito's right. right across the cabin. But but this oh, guy hasn't taken over the operation. You know, maybe you know. I don't. Maybe it's a good point. It's, oh, a, okay. it's yeah. a perfectly valid point. Right. But maybe he's just been you know playing pol- playing yeah. polo all this time. Yeah. You know. Now I have to run my dad's stupid empire and be a billionaire. Jesus. Brian, if you could change one thing about Inception, hoping that your one change would give it an entirely different flavor, make it better, what would the one thing be? Like the one problem you have with it, like, do this. Simple everything the else. Scene. I mean, just. What about it? Well, I mean, they spend all these times. The caveats about rules. it? Just the, say, the this caveats, happens every yeah. time this happens. I mean, simplify it to the point where it's like, okay, we, we have the magic suitcase that lets us share a dream. Uh, and time goes faster, and I wouldn't do much more than that, if anything at all. Uh, maybe one or two extra points that you need, but spending so much time uh, on half the problem with all works. the exposition is that they're doing so many weird caveats with the rules. Yeah, yeah, and it's we have, and then as a result, we have to spend sixty-five or seventy percent of the movie on on how all of this stuff works, as opposed to just going, okay, we're sharing a dream, and we can share a dream in a dream, and we can share a dream in a dream in a dream. Let's go play. This actually could be a pretty badass role-playing game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, as we were talking about last night, this might have made a really fan... This might be I think much is, better I, suited towards a miniseries or a television show. I think it should be a, a novel. I think this or is the novel. valiant attempt at making a movie adaptation out of the fucking amazing comprehensive Inception novel. But whatever. I think this would have... I, I think I agree this would have been a great TV series. Like, yeah. like it's, it's a... Sh- there, there's... Um, Leverage. There's that show Leverage right yeah. now. There is um, not. Make make a. That's about <laughs> yeah, you know thieves doing doing They're con artists. Thie- yeah. yeah, con artists and stuff. Make that show about people who go into dreams and like steal shit from people and you know steal information. Do you agree with if Dorkman? If you were going to change something, would it be simplify the magic bean, or uh, would you keep it as it is and edit it differently? Or maybe I'd probably I I might simplify give them, the mall thing. Maybe maybe simplify the mall thing. Make it make it. More direct, like we talked about before, find a way to more directly relate the mall thing to whatever their whatever the heist MacGuffin is. You know, yeah, I might not inter- leave inter- that inter- as I might inter- not leave inter- that inter- as the plot and the theme more, more exactly. Make it more of a a more of an opportunity to have a human story alongside whatever the heist is, which in that case may not be corporate espionage, but maybe it could be. Maybe you could find a way to make that work. Ultimately, it's kind of unfair to Nolan because I do think that he thought about this. I think that the Inception show Bible is probably pretty comprehensive and interesting to read. But this movie, for me, doesn't quite feel like a Rembrandt. It feels like a Picasso if he didn't do each color individually. If he just went, movie. So a Jackson though, Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I said, yeah. But but Jackson Pollock would do a color at a time. This is as if he took all that stuff and just kind of threw it at the he wall. He put them all in his hand, which I think does a disservice to Chris Nolan because I don't think he doesn't understand oh, no. his I rule, his I world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just I didn't feels like apply that. He, no, he, I, I feel, it was not communicated to me a very clear. He's definitely worked out the, yeah. the rule. He he has the Bible. The problem is too much of the Bible is on yeah. the screen. I feel and too like much of the, I, I would say the wrong parts of the Bible. Yeah, I feel like parts, he did this exactly the way. Basically, all the wrong parts of the Bible. Yeah. 
Wah, wah, and full circle. By the way, I'm just pointing out the beautiful train, and um, which is all practical, except Dineg did do the the rivets and the the, the divots in the ground. Yeah, they this, they, they did it tearing digital, up the floor, that's but a otherwise. Effective to, is this the movie where they flip the truck over and the Joker's there? And yeah. You would think. You'd think the same and guy. It's, uh, Al Pacino and, and Bob De Niro are, are going at each other. Yeah, yeah. I had never so. noticed this. It's raining out of a clear blue sky. Yeah, yeah. Well, that happens in movies. Sometimes. That's a dream. And dreams. That's one and of those things. You, it's a dream. <laughs> That's and and also, uh, coincidentally enough, Florida. Literally, yeah. Nolan can say, "You know what? It's a dream. Never mind. That yeah. we don't have to fix." Trey. Yeah. On the subject, just for the closure of it, anything that if you were going to change one thing and have that kind of reach out and fix everything else, what like is your one problem with Inception? If you could boil it down. Wow. Um, don't say Joseph Gordon-Levitt. No, no. I think uh, I think the kid from Third Third Rock does a great job. Um, I. Exposition problem? No, it's just that I, again, I, I have a problem that I don't think is fixable because it's the premise of the movie. So, you know, I don't think it can be done. Is The premise being? The premise being that that a dream can work like the real world. I mean, you know, it's my thing. is like, he's been shot. It's a fucking dream. You're not shot. Prestidigito. You know, it's like how well, we, we're supposed to believe these threats are real yeah. and and yet it's a dream and you keep going into sub dreams. It's, it's, it's true. That comes up. That comes up in just a moment. And actually, like the Tom Hardy has has the perfect moment here that like encapsulates my uh, my the, criticism the, of the, the movie. The, the rocket launcher. The rocket launcher. He walks up. He walks up and he says the line that someone should have said to Christopher Nolan. He says, yeah. "You mustn't be afraid to dream a little bigger, darling." And yeah. then out of nowhere, he has a rocket launcher because he's decided he does. <laughs> yeah. And that's how these dreams should work for these people. And ultimately, you have that power. And the people that are subconscious projections, the people that populate these worlds. Don't. Yeah. yeah. You are God in the dream. And yeah, yet, exactly. and yet, and yet, I understand that if you did that, how do you make a movie? Because then, if there's no rules, the there's no, yeah. there's no where's stakes. the kryptonite for that? Yeah. Yes. There's yeah. no stakes and there's no grounding. Exactly. So, so it's like I just, I just, you know, I have to swallow the magic bean. Like I said, big magic bean kind of catches in my throat right here. But yeah, I'm kind of yeah. like, okay, what, what else have you got? You know, okay, right. and everything once you get that magic bean down. Every, the movie is, you know, the movie's, the movie's very fun. The movie's very well done. But. At the risk of um, contradicting what we would usually say, which is that you want to have a strong character story, do you think this movie would benefit from removing that amount of character development and the mall shit from Cobb and have it be more heisty, more Ocean's Eleven and Dreams? You, you, well, you know what? You know what could have fa- – this may answer your question, uh, like, obliquely, because I was just thinking about what, what we were saying about where are the stakes and stuff. In that, in that sense – you know they've they've got one shot at this. You can have it like the more they do that kind of thing, the more unstable the dream gets. You don't even have to have the limbo thing. Just if the dream gets completely unstable, everyone will wake up, and they're like, "We've got one shot at this." If he wakes up, I like that. It's if, if he wakes up, it's over. So we yeah. can't go too far, or else and he it will wakes all up fall seeing all those people up. around him. Yeah, <laughs> connected with a big machine. In the yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like so. There's there's a thing where it's like we can do this, but we want we're to. We're walking a line. We're walking a line. Yeah. Every time we do that, we 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 get a little closer to failing. Yeah. Every every time we go into so cheat mode, we we go it's, a it's, a, it's, to it's a perpetual yeah. trade off. We can yeah. we can do this to accomplish our goal, but if we do it too much or too fast or yeah. whatever, so, but so, I think that so that is the they, premise that they establish that that it's the more you fuck with the physics and the reality, the more the dreamer goes. Right. Wait a minute, but but, but, but can, they don't go far enough for it to actually be right. entertaining, right? right. But, but that be, that becomes that becomes the reason that that 
while they could be go into god mode at any time they they opt not to and they opt to play by the rules of the dream for as long as they can because yeah. otherwise it'll screw things up but but Wait, occasionally around with a mustache yeah huh? Huh? but oca- but occasionally they're like we just we got to we got to do it we got to do it and they we got to you know, we got to rip it in half yeah exactly but it's a, it's a Chekhov's gun thing where you know the characters in the situation they have the motivation to not but as, as a storyteller, they're going to. But yeah. as a storyteller, we need to take the gun off the wall and yeah. fucking, or the grenade launcher off the wall, yeah. and, and fucking blow some shit up. So, what were you? Someone was going to say something. Oh, what was your question? Did that? <laughs> no, please, yeah, we're only to the first dream. The Jesus, <laughs> only got three hours of this movie to go. I was just saying, if we could, uh, it, it's okay. It, it, we'll just say the next part like twenty times slower. Twenty times slower. <laughs> <laughs> what bothers me? Yeah. About <laughs> Someone in the chat room earlier, I forget who it was, so I apologize for stealing your joke without claiming it, but um, or without citing it. I said everyone's um, gonna be like, you know, that, me. you know that weird sound from Inception? That's just what Dakota Fanning's voice sounds like. <laughs> Dakota. Dakota. Oh god, that's funny. Um, <laughs> make it better for Dakota. <laughs> Jesus, it kind of freaks me out that I, apparently this was a big discovery for some people that the theme from Inception actually is the Edith Piaf song "Slow Down." Yeah, duh. I mean, what did you think it was? For Christ's sake, that is actually a perfect. If you if if you ask me, and I again, I feel like. I want if if you're still listening and you like Inception and you're mad at us for nitpicking, that's what we do. I'm sorry. I, I like Inception. I like Christopher Nolan a lot. I would still take 20 more Inceptions before I would take 20 more change-ups. But there's fucking things. A microcosm of my feelings of Inception are my feelings of Hans Zimmer's genius for slowing down Edith Piaf and, <laughs> yeah. and making that the fucking yeah, thing. I'm like, if people are like, that's amazing. I'm like, no, yeah. that's not amazing. Well, for me, because <laughs> that's clever. Yeah. Kind of. I didn't yeah. think I didn't even really think about it. And when someone said that, I was like. Oh, nice! Yeah, you know that, that also, was, but that brings to mind, yeah, like it, that wasn't the first thing you would try. Yeah, go, exactly. Oh, look at that! It works out really but well. But here's another thing: in the movie, I'm not making it up. No matter what level the rim you're on, the music plays at the same speed. Disqualified. Yeah, because if you actually had the gradation, it would be playing at inception speed. It would be playing at and it would be if you if it were playing at the various levels at the various streams, you, you would be able to see the actual connection of the idea far more clearly, because it would be only like eighty percent in the first dream and then fifty percent in the second dream. So you go, oh well, that's yeah, clearly, but it's not, that's obviously the, the but it's not something you're supposed to get. It's right. just a, it's a thing that they it's did, like, you know, and it's yeah. like right. it's it's a, it's a fun detail. I'm just. There seem to be people who were like blown away by it. It's like, well, I feel like how many bong hits have you had, son? Is, is it's not to that amazing. Yeah. It's just cool. It works for me on the level of like, I've, I, I might get the band wrong, but bands like Avenged Sevenfold or, or, or metal bands in, in particular, uh, it's true in many cases that those guys are some of the best guitarists, musicians, the best technicians of an instrument you can find in music. They're up there with symphony musicians. Uh, but when people talk about how genius and cool they are because... We, we we took Fibonacci sequence and made music out of it. That kind of thing. It's like, and you're listening to it, it's like, I'll take your word for it. I'm going to go back to listening to this. Like, it's that same sort of thing where it's like, cool, dude. Cool story, cool story bro. Yeah, cool story, bro. Or, or, the, or the Pink Floyd thing. It's like, yeah, Pink Floyd is an amazing band. They're amazing musicians and they're great craftsmen, but it's not Wizard of Oz. No, it's not right. there. It's, well, you see, yeah. I mean, but you see that in, in any kind of any kind yeah. of craft. I mean, you see it, uh, I, you know, I watch a lot of TV shows about food, Anthony Bourdain and stuff like that. And they're always talking about, like, we're doing a deconstruction and blah, blah, blah. Like when he goes to a place that's not, you know, some some tribal place that were the, you know, snake hearts and shit. But when he goes to monkey brain. Yeah. When he goes goes to you know uh uh industrialized nations that that 
are at the point where they can start fucking with their food instead of just eating whatever crawls at them. Um, they, they're, they're eating. By the way, that was my that was my sexual pattern for a long time. <laughs> they, uh, yeah. they, uh, we all grow out of that phase, hopefully. Um, you know, they they start deconstructing it, and they're like, "We've got a, we've got ourselves, uh, you know, uh, we're we're going around the idea of food and blah blah blah." And it's like, yeah, but. That, sure, intellectually, that's a cool thing to do, but I still want to like. I just want to eat food. I want to yeah. eat something that tastes good. I don't need. I don't want you to have to write me a paper on why this is interesting food. If it doesn't taste good, I don't care. Right. You know. It, it all. It's the first stumbling block of of the connoisseur or, or the expert to go. You know, this is. Right. I'm going to reinvent the wheel. Right. I'm going to make a movie the way nobody has ever made a movie. Before. No, you're not. Yeah. It's, you're gonna have a shot action shot you're gonna have action right, reaction exactly. the way same way as everybody else it's yeah. i'm gonna make entirely new fundamental pieces of this field and, and make something entirely and, new and by the same no, token it's the same pieces and put them in a different yeah. order by the same token it's like that's great good but that doesn't mean that we want to eat it right you exactly. know? it's like it's, it's like, good no feel free to play with the form because yeah. sometimes something you know uh, look at this i came up yeah. with this thing exactly. you know like oh that is kind of interesting and new you yeah. know that's it's, cool it's true it's like go ahead and try it and if you if you get something great that's awesome, but don't expect us to eat every fucking thing you do and appreciate <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, and we're not gonna what, come. We're not gonna come to the lab and watch yeah, exactly. watch every movie you made. And that's, that's what, what really YouTube is for. What modern art is, I think, it's like I'm just gonna throw some shit together and, yeah. and see what happens. Yeah. Okay, cool. But yeah. not, let me know when something does. Don't expect me to praise you just for doing it right. and showing and up. Not every fucking thing is is quintessentially fundamentally genius right off the bat yeah. just because it's fucking modern art. Yeah. Or, because, or because it's different and doesn't follow yeah, the I mean, established moder- especially because it doesn't follow the established rules. Again, I, you guys didn't live through the heinous age of performance art that we had to endure <laughs> here in the 80s when, when people were like, wait, we have this new thing called performance art, which means anything <laughs> is valid now. Yeah. I don't have to actually have any performance skills or art skills. <laughs> I can literally put up a bunch of folding chairs in a big white room and do anything I fucking want and call it performance <laughs> art. It shows an incredibly low threshold <laughs> for performance <laughs> and art. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like Which no oh. one has ever done before. Yeah. Oh, it was a dark, dark time. <laughs> oh my god. And every, you know, once in a while, something like, okay, that was an that was interesting... Hey, woman shots. Sure, why not? Yeah, but holy God, I had to... And, and, and of course, they were all women, and I was sleeping with them, so I had to go. Uh, it was a dark time, but um, yeah. Oh, boy. Woo. So now we're learning about Limbo. Hey, Inception. Yeah. Inception. We're learning about Limbo. By the way, this is kind of off topic, but... So or is it? Oh, well, <laughs> it's just annoying. It, it annoys me. But the uh, there's an Inception meme on Reddit. I'm sure plenty of other places too. Oh, I love those. I, I, I love those too. <laughs> I, I love. Wow. I love that meme. But they've they've completely taken just at twenty times speed. That's all that happened. <laughs> Go ahead. They've uh, they've misappropriated the word Inception. Like they've now Inception, according to that meme, means something that exists inside of something else. Ah, That's yes. not what Inception means. Oh, Inception no, right, right. is. The beginning of something. That's right. recursion is when something is inside. Right, right. Of I thought you were talking about the frame grab memes. I, they I have, mean, I love They have two great comes. ones, and my favorite is there's. <laughs> it's Whoa. Ariadne and Cobb at the table in front of Paris right before the roll explodes, and it's Cobb says, "Can I have a blowjob?" Ariadne says, "In your dreams," and it, <laughs> Cobb has this face like, "Uh huh." <laughs> And it's just his inflated Leo surprised face. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh god, it's funny. But I I I will say um, one thing that really does impress me about Inception, even though like you say they they get some of it wrong, is how quickly 
Inception like created new memes. It just became part of the sci-fi zeitgeist. Like you say yeah. Inception, and people understand shorthand what you're talking about. Right, yeah. And you can talk about a kick and stuff like like it introduced all of these ideas that you can use. And that's as not shorthand something that happens automatically when you make a new universe movie. That's uh, that's an achievement. Yeah. yeah, he captured the imagination of everybody. Yeah, people were like, I get that, and I'm going to just use it as you know creating creating a new trope is not. Uh, it's yeah. not a feat to scoff at. It's, yeah, exactly. It's a legitimate accomplishment. Now, um, you know what else captured my imagination was the expression sci-fi zeitgeist, which is my new indie band. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I still want to have an indie band called the Dagobah System. I think that's a perfect indie band. <laughs> oh, and like, like that a, is a, good. a totem. It's very like electronic. You can say totem yeah, and people totem, know what you're talking tech, about. Yeah. And yeah I, it I it introduced have, a number of them. Or Dream Within like, a Dream. I've never seen that before. I want to <laughs> yeah, have, have sort of a performance arty kind of art techno band and we're going to call it un- unconstructed dream space that's that's what that's going to be called michael dorkman scott lean forward i got a question for you well, you I, could I have asked like, it before i leaned but go i ahead. still like my <laughs> punk rock bands uh, the crazy astronauts okay but now there is a crazy astronaut that well that's that was the sorry that's why it's so awesome anyway <laughs> prove it okay um carry on imagine if we made a slight tweak to the technology at work in inception if the if the story is the same the beach are the same but it's not dreams. It's Matrix technology. Computers. Does this make for a good Matrix Reloaded, or at least I was, Matrix? Sequel? I was going to say. I was going to uh, uh, say take earlier this? when yeah. we were talking about uh, someone. Someone compared this to the Matrix and said, you know, this had the problem of being too talky, kind of like the later uh, Matrix sequels did. But I do think this is. If this, Matrix Two was not about saving Zion, if it was about we figured out a way to plug you in even when you're in. Right, right, yeah. That that could be very that could be very interesting. This had more this had more potential and more interest as a Matrix type sequel than the Matrix sequels did. Certainly, they would. Uh, I, I don't. I still don't think you could you you could leave it exactly the way it is right now and and have it be. But I think this is closer to what I would have liked to see in a Matrix uh, sequel. Even yeah, you, even with not the the multiple levels, just the way they just the way they do treat the dream world here, and and having moments where I have a rocket launcher because you know uh, I would have liked to see more, more of than that. Neo can fly now because he's doing his Superman thing. Yes, exactly. In the chat room, Ewing points out Inception isn't a perfect movie, but it's astoundingly ambitious and very good overall to me, at least. I agree. I agree. Oh yeah, astoundingly yeah, yeah. ambitious. By the way, is the way to go. And it's very much not Top Gear, which is ambitious but rubbish. <laughs> this is ambitious, but but all right, motherfucker. Yeah. Hey, you did that. And who else did? If Nobody, you want to compare yeah. some modern directors, <clears throat> and and again, we should we should also co- uh, uh, you know have some appreciation that Inception they he talked them into giving him 150 million dollars for a weird movie not based on a book or video game. Yeah, or, I was about to, or, I guess or, I was about to do or the billboard thing. or whatever. Yeah. Like I said, you you have to you have to have made yeah two of the biggest movies in Warner Brothers history yeah. to be able to do this movie. So we have to appreciate Inception because if we're always going to complain, there's nothing original. The fucking Inception yeah. is original, yeah. Yeah. such as it is. Absolutely. So here it is. This is a trope that we see a lot, not just in this movie, but everywhere. It's called Take Our Word For It, which is you don't see the thing that happens, you just see the reaction. Well, that's... Right this, there. Uh, well, well, and that's a... That's, uh, as an aside to that, that's a... Scarily moving little performance he gives there. It there, is. Where, yeah. It yeah. is. It's very, it's very moving, but it's also another... Um, Another aspect of of Nolan leaving the question mark open because it's like you never see anything hit the ground. Is there actually a ground or is this a dream where I, he's getting that impression? Well, that's my thing. Is like you I know, think I, my, my my theory at the time, and I don't have it still. I, I might revisit it at some point. But my theory when I was watching it the first time was Mal is right. I think she's right. 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 Anyway, I, w- I would be curious to find out if it was a dream, not for the purposes of a conversation of a theory, but for understanding the world. If it was a dream and she died. Is it like Goldeneye for 64 where like four seconds later she goes and disappears? 
Or does she just lie there dead, and he's just imagining that she's lying there dead the whole time, because it's a dream. Presumably lies there dead because we did see uh, Arthur's body after he shot him in Saito's dream. Good point. It, it probably no, does, I, but it then, probably but does then, what? Perfect, uh, but, perfect then in the apartment, but then in the apartment, when Arthur dies, he's instantly gone. There's a the reaction shot where Leo, when he wakes up, he's gone. Okay. So See, I guess so I guess waking up, you just vanish. Dying, you're still the vestige of your dead right, self right, right, is right. there because that's part of the reality of the right, dream. Right, right. Okay, that But if you sense. wake up, you just teleport out. Yeah. You, just, you guys are you good just, at the internet. <laughs> you just, you just, so is it like a World of Warcraft thing then? I was going to say, is it like a Perfect Dark <laughs> thing where Perfect Dark, which was the successor to GoldenEye, waited until your attention was somewhere else and then it removed the body. Ah. So maybe Instead it's, of seeing it fade, yeah. Which yeah. makes sense, yeah. yeah. Which is the, you know, the... Modus operandi of Hitman too. What? Huh? Never mind. You mean Hitman the video game or just Hitman? Hitman in general. general. There's a video game <laughs> called Hitman. Yeah, Hitman. And a well, movie. This is a video yeah. game called anything you could. Any yeah. phrase you could. Two That's rule thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> and then rule thirty-six is there's a porn of that. Yeah, video exactly. Somewhere on the, so yeah. <laughs> you know. So uh, here we here we see talk about a certain Mass Effect. Boom. So sorry, say again. Here's Nolan's director's trademark. Killian Murphy in a hood. Can we, can we put that in our glossary? Oh, don't put Killian in a bag. <laughs> Nobody like, puts Killian in the corner. It's it's like a uh, a contrivance of the action of a movie that looks like uh, if, if you imagine typecasting, it's action casting. Don't put Killian in a bag. It's like you don't put Marty McFly in another DeLorean. Yeah, don't do that. See, don't right, put Killian in a bag. Right there, just jumping back to your your question, T is like here's the here's the nice moment, which is you know what the movie might have been a little more of, but like yeah. a question like that again, I just if you stop for me, if you stop and you start analyzing, it's like okay, so Killian Murphy is in a dream that doesn't realize his dream that he's filling with his uh, the, the the trope is of the movie is that he's filling it with his own subconscious, and they've created this world and he has a dream. They put a bag on his head, they drip liquid onto the bag. And he goes to sleep. It's dream chloroform. It, 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 but how does what? Yeah, it's like I, I again, which is why I, I, I kind of like the Matrixy version. It's like instead of dreams, it's a created, shared virtual reality mental space it's stored on an Xbox somewhere where you can yeah. literally say these are the rules, and it's not right. like I'm dreaming it. It's like no, no, it's here. It exists, right? You know, and it, yeah. and then you but and there are, but there are the limits where you know what looks like an infinite road is like boom, it's like a matte yeah. painting, and you just you hit it if you, you load go too the far. level and oh. then you press you know. A that, to join the game. That'd be cool if they had Truman Show moments where they just exactly. ran into a wall, exactly, and then and then like the camera would turn and you would see it was actually or you open a door and it's there. a brick wall. So for me, if if the gist was, you know, and it might, you know, how tremendously it would change the movie, but it, uh, I, I think I would have fewer sort of like, wait, what? If it was that, if the if yeah. the magic box wasn't fluid, yeah. it was some kind of like shared brain, yeah, yeah, yeah. human brain VR thing, yeah. Or it's like, or it's like a, a portable matrix, yeah. yeah. Or it's like Pac-Man, like you run down one street far enough that ah. you come out on yeah, the other side. Yeah, you end up of on the, the other side, and but all you that. come back to the other side of town. So it would, it, it would be a way that this movie could sort of impose rules on 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 it. Not that you have to explain every single rule, but yeah, and the whole idea of the architect would suddenly make so much more sense. Yeah, yeah. It's like the whole idea of designing a world that actually isn't infinite, but you never see the edges because it keeps you know circling back, right? And all that kind of. stuff. I just had a really interesting visual of how I could do a Pac-Man short film, like a gritty, realistic Nolan Pac-Man short film, <laughs> where there's like giant floating white balls in the sky, and there's fruit everywhere, and ghosts are following you. Nope. And if you run through that wall, you come out the other side. There's actually there's actually on um, on YouTube, and it's pretty it's Don't pretty old. Break my heart. There was there was a thing called Pac-Man the movie, and it was just this guy. It was he was in like almost like Bruce Lee or, or 
uh, most people would probably think Kill Bill now, but like the yellow suit and then uh, a yellow motorcycle helmet with a black visor. So it looks like the Pac-Man face just like running through town fighting ghosts like on a motorcycle. I'm like, nice. That almost works. <laughs> that almost that makes as works. much sense as the battleship. <laughs> exactly. Pegs, yes, pegs. Apparently, oh, I was impressed great. how they worked the pegs. Zarban has a good point in the chat room. Uh, speaking of the chloroform bag, don't put Killian in a bag. Uh, is uh, Zarban says that's like the agents drugging Morpheus in the Matrix. What does that do? Right. When they're like well, trying I to think, interrogate him, well, per- I think here it's just for show, isn't it? It's just to convince him. Right, that right. He's- I think in I think in the Matrix, it's 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 similar to like the little tracking pill that that Neo takes. Like it kind of fucks up his brain waves or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's whatever. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. Yeah. yeah, well, it's the a, thing it's a is physical that- menace. It, what they're actually doing is manipulating code. Yeah. That is just a physical but- man, uh, manifestation. Well, but that. also Morpheus. Oh no, never mind. Well, it's like, well, Morpheus is it, yeah. The idea is that Morpheus is a. That isn't Morpheus. That's the construct of Morpheus in the Matrix, and they can do things to that construct. But I understand the question. It's like, but Morpheus is, you know, Mr. Uber Superpower Man who goes, ha no, you didn't just drug me. You know, yeah. that seems to be what they're he, able he's to do. He's self-actualized enough to go, but I understand that's just code. Yeah, I understand so I that you're doing code. a thing, and guess what? You didn't do it. Ha-ha-ha, I win. Yeah. There's a trope here that refers to uh, the mirror shows who you really are, which shows up a lot where you look in the mirror and, oh, it's Eames, not the, not the hot girl. Oh, nice. Yeah. I wasn't actually that attractive, I have to say. I'll take it. She's a little, uh, little, little artificial, which is kind of the point, I think. You know, I guess she's so. kind of like extreme, extreme girl. Here's here's where the Inception meme that I always come across. Yeah, there's two talk. of them. There's this scene, and then there's also on the patio. How so? Uh, it's just funny expressions that Leo makes. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, it's like using him as an Aureli cat. Yeah, <laughs> or, it's no Aureli owl, cheeseburger cat. Sorry. Yeah, cheeseburger cat. I'm bad at internet. Leo says one thing, Kelly Murphy says something else, and then Leo has this like ice queen. It's a, it's like a not sure if serious kind of face. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. The uh, the the meme that mostly developed. I I, I hang out myself on on Fark, uh, not on uh, Reddit. Uh, they're very similar, but um, <laughs> nice. And we have a winner. <laughs> Darkman's walking across the room, and it's just like a series of bizarre ass radio morning show sound effects. Boom, kong. What? That's the closest I've ever had. <laughs> Wait. And then suddenly... The last two years that yes. I tripped over, no, and no. then it rolled over my foot and hit the other side of like the room and then went... That's, that's always been it here. It's like fucking half Billy no, no, Madison that's, where he's just going ding. That's the closest bah. I've ever had a, a cartoon show sound designer work on yeah, my life. Exactly. Uh, the, only, the only thing it was missing was that high-speed bongo Fred Flintstone runs out of the living room. Dorkman went Hanna-Barbera on us. I did. I'm sorry. He totally did. Anyway, I was saying... Oh, my God. I was saying some goddamn thing. We broke the illusion that we're all here all the time. Oh, the Fark meme was... The Fark meme was the Zimmer score was if you want to invoke Inception... Uh, you just write "boom," yeah. <laughs> which which is how you oh Inception. That's the Inception score you're you're talking about. Boom! Yeah, yeah. I love this. Give me a kiss. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's about the only joke in the movie. It's uh-huh. like, oh, okay. That was. I see. Movie tried to be funny just there. They tried to be all funny there. That was good. Here's how Joseph Gordon-Levitt approaches this character. <clears throat> in this shot, I will be perturbed and anxious. <laughs> Activate face. Yeah. <laughs> Maintain. Action. Holding it, holding it, holding it, holding it, saying lines. Cut. <laughs> oh. 
Activate eyebrow. Mm. <laughs> he has one face per shot. He's got the fighting eyebrow. That's that's his thing here. And I really do like him. I like him a lot. And I especially like him in interviews. Yeah. He looks like he's always having a lot of fun it in his interviews. It will be a kung fu movie. I'm putting that on my list. The fighting eyebrow. I'm making that movie someday. <laughs> with that, a, that'll be my sports team. If it, Fist of the white, of the white, no, of the white eyebrow. Yeah, where it's like, and when you, there's a, you, the, there's a smash zoom, and the one eyebrow goes up, and the music goes, and that's when you know you're in for some serious shit. The eyebrow, the eyebrow, ah! and everyone runs in circles. My only weakness. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the eyebrow. It is the eyebrow of his father. This is an interesting. Uh, the what's it called? The Mister What Gambit. Food. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Mister. Yeah, Mister. Yeah. It is. It the, is ballsy the that they're like, "Fuck it, let's tell Charles, Mister Charles, Mister Charles, Charles Gambit." Yes. And they're like, "Oh, let's tell him and see how that goes." Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's when they're like, "Wait, no, really?" Yeah, we did that once. Didn't you work. do feel the stakes though? I mean, yeah. You no, do feel the tension rise. They, the the movie again. Nolan uh, ain't a bad guy at this. He's no, no, he's skilled. Yeah. Um, you know the way that they. Not only are they, you know, do they go in and it's a difficult situation, but then shit starts happening. It's like, oh, Saito wasn't supposed to get shot. That kind of changes the scenario a little bit. And now he's starting to suspect because things are getting fucked up. So we're going to have to change the plan All right. and he's go, it is a dream. Suspect, so let's tell him and then so, we'll, we'll yeah, remind yeah, me real quick. So we are in Fisher's dream right now. No, wait. No, we're not. No, no, no. no, no. We're, we're never in, in Fisher's dream. We're, we're, in, although, we're in Arthur's dream Hang now. on a second. All right. This so, is the same hotel they were in earlier. Aren't they not supposed to use memories in real places? Uh, I what think hotel? no, no, no. This, this is no. We were in this, I, we were in this dreamscape earlier. Yeah, yeah. We but it wasn't this, a real place. When they were talking about uh, getting him on the plane, they were in that same con. I think it, it was a construct. It was a construct. It's, a, it's the point. same okay. as when That's they when were. Trey said they're building the world while they're yeah, standing yeah. there. Yeah, they, he, they he, were clo- he closes by saying, "Good job, by the way, Ariadne." They're in a dream. They were talking. They talk about the plans while they're in the dreams, observing them and getting the layout. So now that's a good point, though. It seems weird to me that. By the way, this sucks for Leo because he has to explain. No, seriously, I'm not making this part. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. don't do that. Um, that would screw. Then I go to jail. It's weird. It's a weird story, but that's how. Killian it is. in this moment will probably think that he's bullshitting him, but he's actually not. So it's like, oh shit, that sucks. Yeah. Anyway, I have a hard time buying, and you know, whatever, fucking me, but I have a hard time buying that. Beyond your, let me put it this way: your dream reality is like a flashlight in front of your eyes. What you see is there, but you're not imagining people walking around on the street. Two blocks away. That's what real reality is like, too. Yeah. Well, that's, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And it's what movies are like. Hence, movies are yeah. only you would, showing you, you this if, one if, spotlight. If you are, you know, over here, you wouldn't necessarily be dreaming that some guy over there that you can't see is firing at another person that you can't well, see. No, it's a shared dream, though. They're they're they are experiencing that as well. So it's spreading out the thing. Arthur doesn't see any of this, but you know, uh, but he's Comp seeing does. his own corner. Yeah. Can we do a thing where we just edit together Inception and Sucker Punch and make them both make sense at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> you think if you did the, no. if you put them to, the two together, you could construct one coherent story? I think not, not necessarily <laughs> from as shot, but if you gave me both scripts, I could be like, okay, yeah, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna, here's what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, now Sucker Punch needs a little bit more work than this one does. <laughs> yeah. This really agree. is a fucking handsome movie. It is consistently gorgeous, especially uh, I, I noticed uh, Wally Fister. Wally Fister is fucking Fister barely know her, but man, <laughs> yeah, well, huh? I'd let him with this drive safely, everybody. I again, you'd let him fist her yeah. to get this movie, sure, <laughs> <laughs> to be my DP. It absolutely. doesn't even it doesn't even depend on who her is. <laughs> get me Fister. <laughs> that makes it easier, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Her, sure. Yeah, it's, like, no, it's like the box. It's like the button. <laughs> but I'm bomb, seriously. But uh, yeah, this movie is like, it, if nothing else, this movie is is like. I can admire this movie like I can admire like hitting a home run. It's like 
yeah, there was some real skill and effort involved in that, even though I'm completely uninvested in why you did it or yeah. what the point of it all was. But I see that there was some very sim- specific skill. I could not do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I could not do that, so well done. Can one of you guys yeah. explain to me the purpose and the reasoning for synchronizing the kicks all the way down? Obviously, there has to be a sequence. You have to come out from bottom to top in order, otherwise you should go to limbo. But is there a reason why they have to be like, no, 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 no. They can't just be done here, up, down, uh, wait, not yet. All right, done here, up. It seems riskier to try and synchronize right. them. Yeah. Because just could, like, you, wait. Could, you could accidentally yeah. do one just before the other. That's and then, a really good point I that I hadn't considered. That's a fridge logic moment because you're right. It's like, wait, that what? No, What's, why? Exactly. Yeah, it seems like the synchronized kick should be the, the last resort. Like, oh, fuck, we're going to have to get all of these. Everybody all out. Everybody, everybody out. We're going to have to hit these all at once. It's yeah. like the emergency ballast blow on a submarine. You just yeah. hit the big red button. It's like, and boy, we just pray this works because it's all we have left. So, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. there should have probably been that other obstacle where they were going to try to do the individual kicks, and they're like, we got to just get the fuck out of here. Well, so. which would be, you know, well, that's like where the they end up. Gravities. But yeah. the, he's talking about how they're trying to do a synchronized kick now. But, when, but, but why? That the question their is why. Yeah. Their plan going in was a synchronized kick. Yes. So, yeah. I also yeah. feel like they could have explored this theme, thinking in terms of how they would handle that if you were to – this is not something you can do with the movie as is, but you could tweak it, and it wouldn't change the effect of watching it for the first time if it was this, this well, much the different. the chat room. Maybe one of them has figured out why the kicks need to be synchronized. No, but anyway, Googling and talking about Freudian slips. Uh, there were, Zarban was wondering if Ellen Page in a bun is a librarian or a porn librarian. Um, <laughs> um, a naughty librarian. And then naughty he said, lesbian librarian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the beginning, speaking in terms of how you would synchronize those kicks, you could alter the movie so that it was not a um, – well, it is, in fact, a piece of music that's playing in the headphones of the person doing the dream so that everyone in the room can hear it. It'd be cool if it was a thing where everyone in all the dreams at all times has to wear, head, or has to wear earmuffs so they don't hear anything because that would involve itself in the dream in some way because dreams do that. They already use that concept in this movie because in the beginning when he dumps back into the tub of water, in the dream he's like, hey, water. Before he comes out of it, like it's involving his brain is trying to make that involve itself in the dream, which and, brains which, actually which, which do. Which brains do? Like you'll be hearing, you'll be like in the middle of a dream and something's going on, and then you hear this weird like buzzing sound, and you're like listening to the buzzing sound, and then at some point you wake up and go, "Oh, my alarm's going off!" Right? It's it involves itself in the dream. It'd be cool well, it if it becomes part of the story. You know, you hear a right, buzzing yeah. sound, you you your dream, you're suddenly being attacked by bees, and then you wake yeah. up, you're like, "Oh, that was my alarm." Weird. Which certainly happened to me. I had, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was dreaming that I was a fighter pilot, and then I got a missile lock. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I woke nice. up. <laughs> oh, it's actually done. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it sounds like a <laughs> well played. Um, but it seems like one of those things where you could have a moment where we need to all get out. Everyone, oh, fuck, please. Uh, and someone who's at the top level takes the earmuffs off the dreamer and screams into his fucking ear. And it's like a PA system throughout everything. Everyone is alerted to everything. Well, all the music. All the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it'd, be, it'd, also be, it'd also be interesting, like you said. I mean, you can't do much because they're on an airplane. What are you going to do? But uh, if they weren't on an airplane for whatever reason, then you could have it be like, you know, a horn, uh, uh, just like we have here. Fucking like, a truck goes by. Eh, eh, and yeah. it's like, what the fuck happens? In the, how does the dream <laughs> integrate that? And everything goes right. horribly wrong for, for a few minutes. I also don't understand why... The van okay. going off the bridge doesn't <laughs> act as a kick. Huh? I don't understand why the van going off the bridge doesn't act as a kick. It does act as a kick. They don't. They miss the water. They miss it. Well, yeah, that is it, the kick. And, and that's it, that's designed okay. to be the kick. They they say earlier, you know, we have to be at this point when the van hits the barrier. And they yeah. use the word barrier. It doesn't hit the yeah, and and they miss it, and so they're like, all right. We've got till it hits the water, and yeah. that'll work as a kick. Which is too. like four and a half seconds in that time, which is this yeah. time, which is this time, which is this time. Yeah. Times two, times four, times... In the chat room, they've done some Googling on what I was saying. They say, uh, in order to wake a sleeper when using a sedative, 
that allows shared dreaming within multiple level dreams. Only synchronized kicks can create enough impact to wake a sleeper. But this is according to like Wikiception, so yeah, I think so that's there's one. no retconning involved right, there. Right, exactly. <laughs> this, <laughs> this, this so this is what you were saying right here. I was like, "Holy shit, movie! Really? You're doing this now? As if this movie wasn't you big enough? This, yeah, no, it's this. This seems like an odd place. I was to impressed put as hell. Hospital. Who yeah, wants to mention totally the slight impressed. error in judgment in making the good guys and the bad guys all look pretty much the same throughout this entire sequence? Give, yeah. them, give them all red bandanas or something. Like, okay, bad guy, good guy. Something like that. Yeah, and again, it's a dream, so you can get away with surreal shit and, Not and in this justify movie. it. Not in this fucking movie. No. He does, Actually, treat, well, the, he does treat the dreams really linearly. Well, Fisher does uh, get the... He gets the line when they, when they fall off the avalanche, and he goes, you couldn't have dreamed a fucking beach? <laughs> you know, he's like, good point, good point, Fisher. Yeah, yeah, good point. What if the plane hit heavy turbulence, asks Ewing. That'd yeah. be a synchronized kick for yeah. everybody. Or yeah. if... Or if um, some kind of corp- the, the thugs from the earlier corporate espionage. Well, no, that's, had that's pretty. Them. That's, that's pretty not a heavy turbulence yeah. for you to be weightless. That's, that's not a. That's not a. Uh, that's not a synchronized kick because that would only apply to the top level. There has to be a sen- sensation yeah. of falling. Well, we're, at just, we're just level. talking about some kind at of the, disruption. At, at the point where you just said that sentence. Oh, by I the way, myself. this is awesome. This uh, this we're about to hit coming the, up. We're about the to rolling. hit the, uh, the royal wedding scene. The the yeah the 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 rolling hotel where they fight is one of oh, yeah. the coolest fight scenes it's I've at, ever at seen. At the bake off, that was like the reason that yeah. I went back. Why to doesn't this act as a kick? Having seen the it, it's, uh, it's, not it's not enough at all yeah. the levels. It's yeah, not. the um, here we go. Seeing this uh, when they do this 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 uh, spinner bit, um, seeing this cool. at here the bake off at the bake off, it's like I'd already seen the movie, but seeing this in the bake off, I was like, okay, right there guaranteed nomination and yeah. probably and hopefully will win should win as well it really this movie deserved to win the, the effects Oscar for that year here we go because this is uh, you know amazingly wonderful old school I, I call it royal wedding because the first real famous version is when Fred Astaire danced right. around in a circle in a hotel room all the way up the ceiling and down and it's the same same technique it's you, you put the I set on a giant gimbal and you rotate it. I like That's the way that the that the camera I'm works more, as I was, well. I was going to say I'm more confused about the camera guy. What's no, he doing? The camera is on a giant boom that's being yeah, pulled back yeah. through the hallway, oh, cool. and, and he's strapped on and, there and, right ro- on. and rotating with the with the hallway. And I yeah. love what I love about the way the camera work is is because I, I mean obviously they practice it many times, but the the camera guy puts in enough nuance like the camera doesn't expect what's going on like you know the guy hits the wall and then goes up it and the camera's like whoa whoa what wait whoa yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a little bit it of a documentary feel of, yeah. of yeah. following the, of what the happens f- wait, as if it hasn't yeah. been rehearsed 500 times yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's tricky yeah and later when it's fully weightless they do a pretty okay approximation of the weightlessness of it the weightlessness actually the first time i saw it blew me away i'm like yeah. i have no idea how the well, there's fuck a couple times where they, when he's in the elevator kind of, shaft i'm still like then, how yeah, did it in how? the in yeah. the uh, when i saw it the second time i was like oh i think i see what's going on here and then i listened to like the fx podcast well, a lot of it was like, shot okay up. i did get it right yeah. well yeah exactly that, they I did didn't, an Ender, ender's game thing i didn't where the, the, the hallway is vertical right and he's hanging from a string that you can't yeah. see because it's behind him that's what i realized the second time i was like oh yeah they have the hallway that they can orient in any direction so they just they do kind of like yeah. uh, you know Cameron was really uh, you know gets a lot of kudos for in True Lies the sequence with the Harrier jet he does that in like a thousand different ways each shot is a different way to do it so you can't look yeah, you can't exactly. get the gag right. just watching it through because he keeps changing the the way he's doing it and it's a similar thing in the the zero G sequence they're on wires but yeah. it doesn't look you like keep wires mixing it up because you keep mixing it up sometimes he's hanging from the side sometimes he's hanging you know stomach down with his hips up sometimes he's lying on his back with his 
with his hips the other way, yeah. and sometimes right. sometimes there is down. rig removal going on, you yeah. know, to hide it. Um, well, there's always rig removal going on. Yeah. Some, well, yeah. somebody in the old days we used to, you know, we could Just actually. Yeah, I mean, two thousand and one, two thousand and one. It's it's uh, you know he, he's he's being dropped when he's doing the does the weightless you know explosion back into the discovery. He's being dropped toward camera on wires, and then he's being pulled up up to the ceiling on wires in a different set. You don't see the wires either time. Um, the uh, one of the ones, and again, that's why one of the reasons I like Cameron is because he did start old school. Is um, the first scene in uh, not the first scene in Avatar, but the first scene arriving at Pandora when uh, Worthington comes out of the the slot for the first time. And the you know I was really blown away by the shot when the you know the in, the, the doctor comes like flying in and does like a whole backward kip and like hey sunshine good morning and all that. That's in all the, everyone's flying and floating around. I was like hey, whoa. But if you look at that scene, if you look at Tilt your head until you find the angle when suddenly you realize, oh, now everything is real world. Uh-huh. It's just guys on wires, and he's Worthington is standing up in a file drawer and just kind of bouncing himself back and forth as if he's mm-hmm. weightless. And suddenly the physics of what that doctor is doing, oh, he's coming down from the ceiling. He does a half rotation. He lands, and it isn't magical at all. It's a guy on a wire. But because the whole scene is sideways, right. you know, it's, it's what fools your brain. So it's brilliantly done. Yeah, like the the little fight scene with the uh, with the guy. One of the things that that fools it is because there's a point where they're basically hanging the cameras at the bottom of the of the hallway, which is a shaft going straight up, and they're hanging head down. So they're like bouncing <laughs> off the floor and the ceiling and back and forth because there's they're. They're swinging pendulumming. As, they're yeah. pendulumming from their feet. Yeah. But, but your brain isn't used to thinking that way, and it just sees them hitting the floor and hitting the ceiling and bouncing around. It's like, how the fuck did it's they sh- do- It's shifting their center of gravity. You know, in, in human beings, the center of gravity is around yeah. your hips, and it's shifting that center of gravity exactly. elsewhere. Exactly. It's a trick that uh, back in the days when we had to put things on wires, and, and smart people still do when it, when it makes sense, is always have the wires go in some direction that doesn't look like that's the direction they'd be going. Right. You know, or the rig or the whatever. Even if you're going to do a removal, it's like, you know, well, have the rig come in from the side because everyone's going to be looking at the top going, oh, there should be wires holding that model in the air, and I don't see any. It's it's because you're not looking at the side. That's where the rig is actually holding it in. Movie magic. Misdirection. Exactly. And I'm doing this, and it's fooling you. Look over here. Look over here. Look over here. I'm actually doing it over here. I'm going to ruin a lot of magic for you. Levitation is just a bar going back behind the stage. That's why do you think it's that spangly sheer, you know, multiple ribbon curtain all the time back there? Sorry, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No such thing as magic. That's right. My favorite. And you know how magician. when they put a hoop around them and then it goes all the way to the other side, hoop slides open, little slot goes. No, the no, it's not even that. It's the hoop is the hoop is. You see how they do it? The hoop goes around one side. And then it's just it large never, enough to flip around the other side. Yeah. It never, it never actually, actually passes the bar. Never actually crosses the bar. Yeah. I never passed the bar either. I had that. I got a magic trick, little magic trick kit when I was like eleven, and they had this whole thing. And that would have, that was even better because it had like a zigzag bar, so the hoop could go all the way to one end and flip around and go all the way to the other end. And you totally would think you totally had passed around, but because the, there was an S bend in the support bar itself, the hoop looked like it was going around the whole thing, and it actually wasn't. There's was a bar. Just don't hang the hoop Genius. off the bar because then it's. It's one of the great one of the greatest visual effects tools I have is a hundred year old book of magic tricks. Yeah. It's a fantastic book. It's it's all these like ancient ancients, you know, how you do spirit cabinet and where you put the wires and rigs and you know, there's some ideas in there and they're just like this is genius. Because no one knows them anymore, right. you know, and no one uses them. Your mom uses them. <laughs> yeah, she's magical. All right, a inception. Of, I, I know so, that a lot of there've been a lot of I like this bit. I just wish he didn't 
This is the moment where where Nolan does assume we're kind of stupid and is like, huh, paradox. Yeah. Like, we, we, but this why is, would you say that? We pause the action for so long as the camera yeah. cranes down. Yeah, I'm just gonna hold this guy for yeah. this long, which you know you have say to say the one liner. Yeah, there we go. Paradox. And it doesn't even need to need to do that. And he also does it again later, as you know, it's just like I guess, I guess somebody in the pipeline felt that we needed it but the fact that he runs back to the hotel room and goes how do i drop you without gravity yeah. it's like <laughs> talking to himself in a way that nobody does <laughs> but uh, i guess just to underscore the whole point but uh, it's funny that the movie who gives us the movie gives us so much benefit of the doubt that we're we're you know either by this point you're following or you're not but that that one time it kind of goes how do I drop you yeah. without gravity? Just like it's such a sore thumb. I don't know movie... if it's that bad. I mean, it's a quick, quick little moment. <laughs> it's okay. Well, quick doesn't make it better. Oh, That's yeah. a... I, I, I agree, but yeah, it's just like, director trademark I mean, sliding so, on ice. Yeah, really. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Director trademark trees. Yeah. <laughs> Avalanche. Director trademark blue. Oh my god, yeah. was that Snow. a person that went plow? No, yeah, I hope not. Yeah. That's it. That would, that would be a Kubrick director trademark. Killing people. Yeah. <laughs> Being a total dick. <laughs> Killing people for art. Killing people for art's sake. All right, so what's going on? So they've just missed the kick now because the kick of several levels up is the van hitting the barrier, right? Yeah. Uh, so And that kick translates into the avalanche here, but they've missed it. So the avalanche, the kick has happened, and they're now, still there. Now, they didn't miss it because they're idiots. They missed it because it wasn't strong enough. Right? No, they missed it because they've been slowed down by the fact that Saito got shot and they had to go to the Mr. Charles Gambit and they're behind schedule. No, but how would they have not missed it? Would they have decided, I don't miss this, and then disappeared? Or is it something that has to like jolt them into waking well, they've up? Gotta do, they've gotta, they haven't done their job yet. Yeah. So they're no, not... I know. I understand yeah. that they missed it okay. and they haven't defended But literally, had they not missed it, would it have just jolted them to being awake? Yes. Is it their yeah. fault? It would have brought them it? back up yeah. to this yes. level. Yeah. yeah, they're late. They should have been they, done by now. They should yeah. have been done but and why... set up the thing to blow up the compound. I understand. I understand. But then I don't understand what your question my is. My question is, is it their fault that they missed it? It's the fact they that Saito got shot, which wasn't planned for, and the fact that then that screwed up the scenario and they had to go to Mr. Charles, which also slowed them down. Right. But They're making it up as they go along. They're not following the plan. Why does their plan have anything to do with when they wake up as a result of something above them? Because they're timing the kick. They have to They have to have a kick on their level as uh, simultaneous with the, the level above gotcha. them. Gotcha. Okay. So the explosion was supposed to happen at the same time as the thing. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. And that's what the music is. The music is that when the music gets to the end on all levels, that's the time for the kick. Yeah. That's how they know what the time is. Yeah. Zerbin had and, my same and, question. Which and, I, and I like your answer. That's good. And also, um, it, it's not only their fault, but because they were being chased on the top level, Yusuf did the kick too early. Yeah. As well. Yeah. So he, he bumped it up. Yeah. He did say sod it. So. Yeah. yeah. He said, I hope you're ready. That was the, yeah. That's the key line. That's a line that you do need to have the guy say, <laughs> as opposed to, how do I drop you without gravity? <laughs> but I hope you're ready. You know, made sense. So that's the idea. It's like, you know, when it, when it, when it makes the most, when it makes the most difference, you know, shaving all of a minute off the top level has a huge impact right. deeper down. Like, right. Wow, we're way behind schedule yeah, now. You, sh- you just shaved a day off their little, <laughs> yeah. their James Bond action. Exactly. I'm bored by this fucking set piece. I like the hotel room. Yeah, I don't, the zero I gravity don't... is amazing, but the James Bond... I just don't care. I've seen the scene before, and I'm not yeah. exactly sure what anyone's doing. I mean, I, I, I kind of understand what they're doing, but I don't care. You know what I mean? It there just doesn't go. hold your interest. I mean, especially when you... When so the wires are going cutting... up to the elevator door right there, yeah. basically. Yeah. Especially when you're cutting from something that we've seen a billion times before to something like this that we've never seen before, it, it highlights how interesting one is versus the other. Yeah, it'd be it'd be better if there was some weird 
shit going on at, at that level too. You know, yeah, and, that, and not well, necessarily zero and that's gravity. The thing. But, well, that's what we were saying earlier. Is like there is no incentive for them not to mind be- right, or city right, bend right. the whole fucking place at this point. Yeah. Hey, Mickey's here. Do you want to explain your totem thing real quick? Sure. Here, I tried, but so, but we'll see. Yeah, because we're we're watching this and and it goes on for a bit. We're spending so. a lot of time in the in the James Bond world. <laughs> My point is just simply that the totems are just a comfort measure for the characters because effectively they don't, and you can control what they are doing subconsciously, as we have been proven by like Mal showing up and everything, the train going through. Uh, you can affect somebody else's dream, somebody else's reality. So effectively, um, if you wanted somebody's totem to behave like it wasn't reality. Or if you wanted your totem to behave like it was reality, you could subconsciously affect that. So, well, if you didn't want to wake up from a dream, your totem doesn't make any difference anyway. Exactly. If you want to fool yourself into exactly, but the the point of the totem is to make sure you're not being fucked with. Uh-huh. That you're not in somebody else's dream. But, but if you want, or subconsciously, your brain can say like, "Oh, well, the totem's going to behave the way it would in reality." But that's the thing is that so if, it, if you don't want, if you don't care that you're being fucked with, yeah, you will fuck with your own totem. But there's no guard against that anyway. Well, I'm sure he didn't want Mal to show up or the train to show right. up, but it did anyway. So I'm just saying that anything could really affect it, and that it kind of negates the purpose altogether. So the only thing it's good for, effectively, is if it misbehaves, showing that you're in. That's right. That, yeah, that's, yeah, that yeah. is the point yeah. of it. The point but, of it. The point of it is: wait a minute, someone's fucking with me because that's not what my totem does. Yeah, and I'm the only one who knows what my but totem they does. used it effectively as a means for determining reality as well. Yes, but, yeah. that's the point. But it could give you a false. Negative. It give you a false. Positive. It could give you a. False it could give you a false positive, positive but only because, a, only if you wanted to give you a false positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's there's no guarding against that. Yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> Strong work, everyone. I agree with I agree with Nolan saying. I just wanted to do a James Bond scene. Yeah. You know, I... When else are they going to give me sure. money to do that? They already <laughs> yeah, gave me like, money to okay. do all this weird other shit. Well, I'll I'm allow pretty it. sure if you do the Dark Knight, if you do the Batman movies, you go, hey, you go over to MGM or whoever has James Bond now and go, can I do a James Bond movie? You're probably going to get the meeting. That's Oh, you'll true. get the meeting, yeah. But hey, Spielberg couldn't get him to give him a James Bond movie. Really? Really. Oh, he wanted to do a James Bond movie? That's He did. He ended up, he had to do Indiana Jones instead. Yeah, but that was pre... Yeah. That was Spielberg pre-Indiana Jones. They, they yeah, he'd only him. done Jaws and Close yeah. Encounters and uh, and a few other movies like I that. I bet they give it to him now. I, yeah. I, I would agree with that. By the way, uh, again, I, we've already said it, but shout out to D-Neg, especially the Roto and Paint guys, because that scene where the, the dudes were flipping around, fucking wires in front of their faces and everything, and they had to reconstruct them, and half of them were stunt doubles and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So well done there. Now here's... I have a problem with this, but Here's you, you go first. Well, we talked earlier you about how, you go first. how bad an idea Mal, is. very dangerous. Your, you go first. Uh, to have your heroes and villains dressed exactly the same, especially this, you know, the supervillain here, who is a complete, uh, is a projection and is has no right being in this dream in the first place. And by all rights, you know, she's coming from, you know, uh, from Cobb's memory. Why is she dressed as a as a winter soldier? Have her dressed in her slinky black dress and make it like... And t- go back to that surrealist aspect of what the fuck is this woman in this slinky dress doing in the middle of this James Bond mission? Yeah. Although I guess for James Bond that wouldn't be entirely out of the ordinary. <laughs> yeah, that that <laughs> happens all the time. Yeah. It's just the idea that she she inserts herself. She she impinges on the dreams. You know, she she she's only wearing a slinky dress because the first time we see her, she's in a cocktail party. You know, she's 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 appropriate to the to the theme. 
because she again right. they, she's still appropriate to the context of the situation. But the the whole thing about dreams is that the context doesn't. Well, again, the movie doesn't go that way. But I know. I mean, we're going back to the old issue of this. Yeah. The they should play around with the surrealist aspects I agree. more it, than they do. It, it, it may be the kind of thing where you don't notice it the first time because it makes sense. But what it is is he he whenever she, her projection shows up, it it's the way he remembers her when she died, which was in the in, in the, the cocktail dress, the cocktail dress, and blah blah blah. So that fits at the party. You don't really notice it, but then you start seeing her again and again, and it's right. like, what is up with this chick in the cocktail dress? You see her at the dress? beach, and it's like, why is she wearing that dress yeah. at the beach? And then you get to the James Bond mission, yeah, and they go, okay, that's really weird. You know what my totem would be? It'd be one of those little keychain sized Rubik's cubes that is insolvable, unsolvable. Huh. Because there are ways you can, or if you break it apart and put it back together, there are ways you can make it literally unsolvable. But I'd be able to figure that out pretty quickly. And I would assume that people that in the dream and the people I'm with wouldn't be able to. Mm-hmm. So I would go with something like that. Hmm. The top is a cool idea, too. The top has a basic function that either does or does not happen. It's something along those lines. The Rubik's Cube is on the more complicated side the, of things. The top is a little dodgy, but then, of course, he didn't really pick it. It's, it's Maul's top. But the, you know, the, the pawn I get and the die I get... Um, because it's like literally, know, it's like right. if you if you roll, it's like <laughs> six. Fuck you! It's supposed to be two. You know, done deal. It's like the top is kind of like maybe I didn't spin it hard enough. <laughs> or how how long exactly should does it go? Should I? Before? Yeah, again, it's like I, I actually I don't think I spun it fast enough that time. I don't think I quite nailed it. What what microsecond does it? Is this you know, a is this is this wood polish this tabletop? Because uh, that might, that might be it. I need a metal. Trey should be a cigarette lighter that's specifically weighted so when you stand on its end and push it over, it just rolls back up on top of itself. <laughs> there you go. But boom. I wonder what mine would be. Mike, what was yours be? I was just thinking that. I'm like, fucking, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good question. Maybe yeah. glasses that do something in particular? Glasses. Get out Well, you're going to have glasses <laughs> with you. It's something that you're supposed to have with you. Like, you could plausibly yeah, have something you. you would have on you. Yeah. Like Trey's lighter. She keeps a pawn with her. What are you talking about? I can, it can be anything I wanted it to be. Not well, anything pocketable. I, you know, well, actually, um, nowadays, I, what's always on me because it's attached to my key ring is a thumb drive. So there might, ah, I'd put yeah. a file on the thumb drive that, you know. Ah, there you go. Yeah. I like that. That's clever. Dorkman, where's your fucking clever thing? <laughs> what if there's no computers, Trey? Yeah, so there. Well, I'll just I'll just plug it into the rug, and when that works, I'll know yeah, I'm in a dream. And I'll know I'm in a dream. <laughs> that's right. I'll just stick the I'll stick the thumb drive in my ear, yeah, and then exactly. if I can hear the file, then I know. <laughs> Could I be an know. iPod. iPod maybe. That seems yeah. kind of big. And it's a little big. Right? An iPod maybe. Sort of. iPod Mini. Yeah, one of those little shuffle iPods. A Nano. And if it doesn't have Edith Piaf on it, fuck it. No. <laughs> maybe it's a, maybe something as simple as like. A, a pen, but it, it's a different color than it, it looks like it ought to be. That's right. So, now well, there you go. Oh, yeah. That's so, good. yeah, a, a black pen, but the ink is actually blue. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, Brian, it's, I have two It's a now. can of Pepsi, and it's full of Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I have two, and you have nothing. Uh, maybe a little bolt that would, is weighted a certain way, so you can roll it. I don't know. It, the, the weighting thing seems so... Subtle, I don't, yeah. Like you could be, you could be, you could have a headache in the dream, and then not be like, I fucking don't, I don't care about the fucking. Book. By the way, just jumping back, there was a the, the thing he does right there. He's he just did it already, where he bangs open the door. It's one of the few times I've ever seen in a weightless scenario where they actually did it right, right. Where he actually had to like focus his center of gravity, right? Because if he put, you know, he can't push the door, he'll just push away. He had to like do a little Zen master thing by like. Throwing yeah, both there, arms there, out. There, there are a, a couple of times in the hallway where he doesn't react ballistically to the situation. Yeah, yeah. But there, there are a couple of moments where it's not quite right. But man, is it that one? That one's the, like that one really stands out. If like as a sum total sequence, if that's not the best waitlist that has ever yeah. been done, in a movie probably because ever. probably because he had to actually do that. Probably yeah. because he's hanging from a wire by his ankles, and if he pushed against the door, he'd just swing away from it. Yeah, and he had to like find out this is how I have to make this work to, to oh. bust this door open. In the chat, Mad has a cool idea. Mad Bad has a cool idea for a totem. 
uh, like a playing card that's folded, so you only see the red back of it. But I know what the card is, and you don't. As long as you make sure no one ever gets their hands on it, but that's the whole concept of the totem, yeah. Yeah, that would work. A playing card that's folded in half, so no one knows what the card I would, is. I would, I, I would go one step, because there are magic cards that have, like, like literally, like, I can tell what your card is because... The taper. What looks, well, not the taper, but you know, what looks like a, you know... What's a, the pattern on Just the back, a little yeah. bunch of diamonds on the back. Yes, I know that you know, system. It's like, I have, I have a deck of cards like that where you can literally read them from the back. Oh, right? yeah. There's, yeah. There's ways to mark just standard, a standard yeah, bicycle Yeah, there's a, there's a basic too. system yeah. of... Uh, yeah. It has to do with where you put dots on the back of it because a dot right here always means jack, always right. means seven, always means this. And then, yeah. And it's like a... It's like a it's set up on the round part of the card, the, one, the way that I learned it back when I learned it. Um, you put a dot at a certain point on the circles on the back of the bicycle card so that you know that if it's at 2 o'clock on that circle, right. et cetera. And this, these are like little red details on the red back of a card that no one that's not looking for them would ever right, notice. Right. That's it. That, that would be a really good totem, just just a card or whatever. Yeah, but a, small, I was thinking, a small card. I was thinking about the pen thing. I was like, wait, that if I, if I wrote something and someone else saw the color of the ink... Then I would have to. Then then I'd be in trouble because they couldn't know. use the pen. What if yeah, it was but, a sensory thing? What if it was flavor? Maybe. Well, I was just thinking. I was like, <laughs> so so. What, what I have to like so what I have to do is I'd always marker. have to I'd always have to write just really quickly write on a scrap of paper just to make sure it's the right color no. and then eat it. Yeah. <laughs> eat, no, so here's the trick. So everyone would think I was insane. What every if time a, I came out? What if it's a scratch and sniff marker or yeah. something like that? No, it's, it's Mike, what are you doing? I'm making sure I'm not dreaming. Yeah. It's a it's a pen you keep on you and you can and you and you know you never once once just use your pants. Like no, I don't want you to see what color it is because the trick is there's no ink in the pen at all. So it's like if you if you get your pen. Out that works. Yeah, you get your pen out and it's like, oh, oh ink, whoop, screwed. Someone's fucking. You like with always me. write on your palm real quick and then make a yeah. show of like acting like you're wiping it off so they can't see. And then what happens is your buddies figure that out and like one night when you're really drunk, they just put they a put new, ink they put the a pen. new ink in your pen and you and, always, no. And, you, and the next morning you pick it up, you draw a line and blow your brains out. Oh, that kind of backfired. <laughs> that joke didn't go like I hoped. We were just gonna go, ha ha, dude. But he just we weren't here. We went out to get coffee and we <laughs> came back and we were, we were gonna say it's okay. Yeah. Shit. We. Should not have gone for coffee. Didn't really think that joke that was all bad. the way through, did we? We're going to be on Snopes tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. No okay, no more fucking with tokens, guys. No yeah, more no. fucking with totems. Okay, that's 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 not happening anymore. We're we we that. miscalculated the yeah. funny on that on that one. For a movie that's so on the nose Seriously, with a lot was... of its nomenclature, totem seems like an oddly random choice of words. Because the only word, that, the only thing that I associate the word totem with is totem poles. Is there another? That's what it means. But a totem pole is a story in pole form, where they no, kind of stack characters. Totem, on it a totem is a meaningful symb- object. Okay, totem. Okay, so the word it's in the word totem and pole because it's a meaningful. The, to- the, the totem pole is a series of, of it's, uh, it's, it's a, a series stack of totems. Of totems. Yeah. yeah, and each totem is a is a meaningful event or character in in that mythology or history. Yeah. That's I would just have the fucking medallion from Raiders of the Lost Ark with one side not on it. One <laughs> hadam. <laughs> Hi, Renee. The whole thing. It, this, and if it's the wrong length, this, the whole staff <laughs> if is it's the only, wrong length. If it's yeah. seven kadam. Yeah, yeah. Could I just bring yeah. Sala with me? If he can, if he'll, if he'll sing to me he's when my I totem. He's yeah. my totem. Sean Rice Davies is my totem. And if he doesn't yeah, know the same. words to that weird song he sings, <laughs> yeah. then I'm dreaming. I am the what? Um, bang, 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 bang. I am the moth of the sea. Shit! <laughs> Poof. Shabams. So, Lamo. There's something, Lamo. There's something Shabams. very primal about a woman with a French accent playing with a butcher knife that scares me. Well, there's actually a trope. <laughs> no matter so what happens. There's a trope. Something that, very uh, Kubrickian about it. Yes. There's a trope that in American cinema, French means bad. And rightly so. Yeah. There's something, there's something kind of ominous about a person who talks like this. It's very frightening. It's also there's something very strange about them. them. 
Sigheil. Yeah, this is going. Yeah, it's one. It's one. Just one border over. So there's a similar French and German. But yeah, that's this. Okay, so here's the arch. It comes back to, and again, maybe it's just a personal thing. But I find her just kind of creepy, and you know, because she's supposed to be, but yet she's a temptress, Trey. Yeah, but it's like. But I'm missing the I see why you loved her because it's like I don't see why you yeah, loved yeah. her because no. I don't see any good you know I, I don't get to see any the good version of her exactly there's there's a point where you're like all right dude no matter how much you love the real one she is a monster yeah. and you should yeah. be able to see that this by is now. your fucking brain fucking with you yeah. that is clearly not your wife so the 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 te- uh, I mean we've we've credited him plenty of times but the the tension building by continuously cutting back to the slow motion phantom <laughs> footage of the van falling. <laughs> That that keeps it up the whole it's, time. You're it's like, oh shit! It's Come really the van is the ticking clock. Exactly. Yeah. It's like exactly. the closer the it is, clock. the closer that clock is to yeah. zero. Imagine the editing of this. You know, like oh, yeah. okay, yeah, oh, yeah. The, just the idea of well, trying to fit, the, fit together these I'm, four I'm different quite, timelines. And like, the frankly, music really helps. I gotta I'm, say, I'm amazed this wasn't nominated. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that it didn't win. I'm amazed that it wasn't nominated for editing. I mean, the sheer like complexity of all of these we, we've talked about. You know, Silence of the Lambs, the two inter- intertwining. You know. Uh, yeah. Lines of action and you know building them so they they both climax at the right moments at this simultaneously. I've how never climax at the right moment. How, it's it's getting the climaxing at the same time with the other line of action. That's the tough part. <laughs> well, that's, that's you're the telling kick, me, isn't it? <laughs> that's when you ride the kick all the way up. I'm all right. So what Am we're I saying. Right? So what we're saying is Inception. High fives. Is, yeah. <laughs> what we're saying is Inception is basically group sex because you got four or five of these lines yeah. and you're trying to get them all to flow yeah. at the same moment. No wonder it's hard to do. I have an idea for a fanfic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Inception slash fic. Finger in your butt on the top level will wake you up. <laughs> yeah. Stewardess. <laughs> the safe word is. <laughs> what you guys missed was that Darkman did a little reverse red drum thing where his finger went up when he said it, so it's like a penis. Yeah. I, was, I was just, I think it was I was just being like, hold on, hold on, guys. Oh, I, mean, I got this. I thought you, just, yeah. I thought you were just doing, <laughs> when the boner happens. No, no, no. I was just putting up my finger like, everyone stop, I got this. Yeah, if, you, if you speed up, it's it's just a vibrational sound. Do you think and the guy the who kick. played the tuba in the orchestra that did the soundtrack is at parties and his friends say, do the thing, do the thing. He's like, I don't want to fucking do the thing. Do the fucking thing! I don't want to do the thing. I'll get you a beer. One second. And he opens up his tuba case. He's like, you guys listening? We're doing this once. I love the idea that he carries it like a guitar, like a giant tuba case <laughs> yeah. everywhere he goes. To parties, just in case. Tubas bu- live in cases. In case in case he has to bust it out and do, you know, someone calls for Freebird or Inception. It's, <laughs> it could that, go either way. Did you ever read that McSweeney's list or McWeeney's list, whatever? No, McSweeney's list. That was uh, thoughts going through Billy Joel's mind on his way to a party where he knows there will be a piano. <laughs> they're gonna ask me to play it i'm not gonna play it i'm not gonna be there sh- every time i'm too nice yeah. i should just do what i want to do and not and then at the end of it it's just play piano man all right just just this one time it's a weird thing it, uh, i remember years ago someone said uh someone invited me to a party and said you're a puppeteer maybe you'll bring a puppet i'm like you're an accountant maybe you'll do my taxes <laughs> you know it's like it's weird how people think that I don't actually live to perform for your amusement. I'm not your dancing monkey. It's, there are people who are that way, though. Yeah. You know, there are maybe not Billy Joel, but there are people like I show up. There's a piano at this party because otherwise, why do I exist? There are people that I, you know, I'm sure there's some of some of those you know famous ventriloquists and stuff. They're yeah. like, I'm coming with a puppet. <laughs> yeah, that is how I'm having conversations it's tonight. It's the only reason people like me. It's the only <laughs> reason I got yeah. invited to this yeah, party. Exactly. As Penn and Teller said, "Don't be the parrot guy." 
which is the idea of like, you know that guy who comes right, he's always got the parrot on his shoulder? Mm-hmm. Because the parrot is all he is. It right. defines him. He's the guy with the parrot. He's the parrot guy. People right. talk to him because there's a fucking parrot on his shoulder and they want to talk to the parrot. We invite the parrot guy. Yeah, don't be the parrot guy. <laughs> That's why I stopped bringing balloons with me wherever I went. Yeah, I used yeah. to have balloons in my car because I used to do balloons for a living. Whenever I would go out, I would be sure to take the balloons out of my car so people couldn't say, go get your balloons. Exactly. Didn't bring them. Sorry. Yep. Too no, bad. Not your balloon monkey. Oh, Fister. And then you they got smart and started bringing their yeah, own. Exactly. No, I have some. <laughs> that you. literally happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That literally happened. Oh, yeah? I got balloons. Go, yeah. monkey, go. You see, yeah. now, I've avoided that in my life by not being good at anything. <laughs> That's right. I find that is a good way to avoid too. having people ask well, you to do things. Yeah. They're like, Brian, I brought balloons. You're like, so? Oh, so? <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what the fuck am I supposed to do with those? <laughs> <laughs> Done. There you go. I made a worm. Yeah, a snake. <laughs> I hate people that do that. Um, are you guys getting a little sick of Leonardo DiCaprio too? Like I, now, here's my thing. I don't have the Titanic level hatred of him, where it's like, fucking, he's just a pretty boy. He can't act. No, no, he can. He really can. I'm still a little sick of Leonardo DiCaprio because he doesn't I, seem to have much range. I think it's just in terms of of his performance in this and Shutter Island are exactly the same. And I don't think that's his fault. No, he's got an accent in Shutter Island. It's very similar in... We are duly appointed federal marshals. Is that different than The Departed? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's very similar, Uh, his performance... Rose DeWitt Bucada. He doesn't have that accent. Yeah. I'm just adding it to everything he's ever done. (laughs) It's very similar in uh, Body of Lies as well. But, you know, if you... I think we've just seen Leo in that mode... Well, frequently in the past right. few years we just know well I, I think it's probably one of those things where you're like you know he can do it it's like well, okay can, sure yeah well, yeah guy. but it's it's also they're all they all fall within a pretty small circle of, of of performances like for all you can say good or bad about edward norton you know he can do something completely different if you need him to same with Kate Blanchett. DiCaprio needs to go full retard again, like he did with yeah. Gilbert Grape. He was great. Or, or I think he needs to go back to Catch Me If You Can, like the really that? charismatic. Yeah. That was fun. You know, I love Catch re- Me If You Can. A really fun performance. And, and it's, not, it's not quite so heavy. He hasn't had a really fun performance. He, uh, he, so there mouse. hasn't been levity or anything for a while. Yeah. Falls into a thing of butter. Well, uh, that was not him in that movie, I think. No, that, that was, was Christopher Walken. But, a but, mouse chase me but DiCaprio does retell the story yeah. but he doesn't tell it doing a walk <laughs> it would be great if he did it with a walk so my dad has this I'm gonna do my dad <laughs> so a mouse, yeah. a mouse falls into of course in this movie he doesn't go I was talking to my dad and he said okay say <laughs> okay suck a golf ball through a bleeding nose pipe now Michael Caine talks like this. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. No, this is how Michael Caine talks. No, Michael Caine talks right. like this. No, no, you're not. No, you're, no, not you're not. No, doing it. no, you're no. not. You're not doing the angry voice. Well, he raises his <laughs> voice right, and becomes right. very angry indeed. Okay, so I, I, we had a, we, <laughs> last week in this apartment. We had a uh, an accent fight, and we discovered the best way to tell the difference between various British uh, intonations is cellar door. How would Michael Caine say cellar door? Trey. Mm. Cellador. The Donnie Darko phrase? That's a tough one. Well, it's, got, it's, got, your, it's got your soft syllables and your R's in it, which is helpful. I can't do Michael Caine saying Cellador. See? It stops you dead in your tracks. Cellador. Cellador. See, fucking, we have British listeners. They'll do it. It's fine. Record yourself saying that and then send it to us, British listeners. And be Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Go right ahead. Feel free. Inception. Nope. See, I can't do it. Not good at all. Chloe can do great. Chloe lived in that area, and she also has a penchant for doing voices anyway. But she can do like a an annoyingly perfect. Brit- it's like you can just click that on. Why don't you do that all the time? Well, there's there's multiple kinds of British accents. Well, no, she does too, a she so. does a, like a northern okay. British, which is cool. Just a little bit so really? Irish, but she's very I've consistent. Never heard her do that. It's good. 
She doesn't do it as much anymore, and she slips on it a little bit more than she used to. But she used to like she fooled people. Chloe's been hiding her balloons since I met her. And I guess yeah, <laughs> see, there you go. And oh Hannel Hannel did that once. Hannel does an all right, not a very great, but an all right British accent. And at one point he he, a, he, he like introduced Cockney, himself. Right? He, he Oxfordish, Oxford-ish. yeah. Uh, he do, he introduced himself at one point as British to people, and then he just maintained because he was kidding the first time. <laughs> yeah. But they were like, "Oh, where are you from?" He's like. Well, I'm from Oxford, actually. <laughs> At one point, I think it fell apart Years when he was hanging by. out with someone who knew him in addition to those people. So it's like, stop that, you. Yes. <laughs> now, get out of their horse. Just to jump back to this Inception flick for a second. You are not Beatles. You are Teletubbies. The, uh, get, out, get out of there, Beatles. Uh, they just they just proved the, the importance uh, and the validity of not having to do a synchronized kick because she just improvised, knocked him off the building, which woke him up. And he kicked out into this and level. And he kicked yeah. out just into this level, which they needed to because he hasn't finished the job yet. And yet the elevator's already on the rise. It's like, well, geez, wait. You know, what's, the, what's the rush, everybody? Yeah, they kicked out of – they kicked – wait, yeah. They kicked out of Limbo into this level. So He's what's everyone so damn scared of Limbo for? Yeah, the, the kick wasn't really timed. No, the we problem with Limbo is that you forget that it's Limbo. Right. You, you think that it's reality. Right. Yeah. Well, they had to go and down there and find him as quickly. And because, and because if, Mal's down there and God say, knows say what she's going Say I'm Leo and you're Maul. Yeah, it's really worked out not to go down to Limbo to get rid of her. If we've <laughs> been in here for 40 years and I randomly kill you on accident, you will still pop out of it. Yeah. It's just that you don't know that killing yourself is okay. Right. I wonder what happens if you die of old age in Limbo. You would probably just come back up. Which would suck. But would you die of old age? Because you'd, you'd just wake up. Four you'd... levels above, it's only been two hours. Yeah, sooner or later, sooner or later, you It's a way to like put 300 years into your lifespan. Yeah. It's the, well, that's the kind of the idea. You come back you, up and you're, you're 19 years you can, old, you're just like, oh. You can, and that's what they say. It's like, you know, it's like you have to cling to your sanity after that. You know, it's like you've lived this entire life and now it's like, which brings me to my biggest plot point. The biggest thing that bugs me, and I guess, I guess the logic of the movie, it's okay. But this whole idea where they talk about, oh, if you go to Lumbo, it's unreconstructed dream space, and you'll, your, your brain will turn to mush. Saito does that. He experiences that. And then he wakes up, and he kind of goes, oh, yeah, phone number. It's like, <laughs> that was 90 years ago that you yeah. knew that phone number, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, I can't remember my phone number before the phone I have now, <laughs> much less having lived on a beach for 90 years and grown to be an old man. I remember my first phone number I do and too. my current phone number. And I, that's I remember it. every phone number I've ever had. Actually, why? Okay, well, then you'd be the one to go to Limbo who has to make the because I have a very easy time remembering numbers when I decide to remember them. But the problem is, I apply it in the wrong places. Like I'll permanently remember my current debit card number or my phone number from eight years ago. But I'll decide I won't remember exactly how far away the moon is from the Earth because that's going to change soon. I don't want to memorize that one number, (laughs) so I'll put it in the entirely wrong place. It's like, well, the debit card's going to change. The moon's pretty much here. Or the height of Everest, or how how long in feet a mile is that yeah. kind of thing. I mean, the moon's working its way out. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what's the point? Quarter inch a year, how old guys. the universe is? It's whereas, like uh, yeah. fourteen. I don't. Well, that's going to change tomorrow. Yeah. Where, well, whereas a pin number is day. forever. Right. A pin, pin, pin number is basically the definition of eternity. I'm not reciting them because they're real phone numbers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's by eight six seven five three zero nine. By the way, Jenny, that's Jenny's number. Don't you shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's five 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 Klondike seventeen. Yeah. What is the no, Klondike? Klondike, Klondike is five. KL yeah, yeah, is five. KL five. KL five. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Inception people that are listening to this for the first time to hear our, our thoughts on Inception. Klond- five. It's a way of saying it's a way of saying five 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 without saying that because there are letters on each of the That's key. That's how you used to dial the And K and L are are, are the both on five. So yeah. KL five is five five five. And if you if back in the fifties or whatever, they would those first three numbers would be letters instead. Like if you read uh, Play It Against Sam. The one character is constantly, you know, calling on the phone, and he's always saying like, you know, Adam, whatever it is. But he's using letters to begin with. 
Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, although, okay, so we're past it at this point, but the moments where Killian Murphy pulls out the the little pinwheel from when he was a kid, yeah. like that's a great payoff. That's a great acting moment for him. And, pathos. And, uh, pathos. Yeah, but. Was, so? it, was anybody else <laughs> like, where the, what the fuck is the pinwheel all about the first it's in the time picture. through? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. in the picture, it is, it is the picture when, but I missed it the first when time. When they go through his wallet, they well, find your that fault. picture. <laughs> that's okay, not but, his fault. Well, that's not, well, this is the question I'm asking. Did if you're going to stake that what, much of a payoff on something you may have missed. Exactly. What, what, was I just not paying attention, or was that inconsequential enough that everybody missed it's it? It's very well, brief. I, I caught it, but I, I can't say that I, everyone I, did. I can't so, say that I understood the exact through line. I understood the emotional through line. It's one of those things that's like, in the internet, it'll tell me later how that actually worked right. out. You didn't but notice it on the, the table in the first place? Yeah. Well, it's, not, it's not that it's on the, the table. It's like when the, in the first dream level, when they take his wallet, they find that picture. No, no. And they go, this might be on, useful. It's on, the, it's on the bedside table. It comes with a picture that. on the yeah, table. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's in real life. You're talking about how did they put it in his dream to make it meaningful. No, because when there's a safe in a dream, the dream... He's not his dream. How do they put? Okay, no, no. That, that's that's hold the on, point. Hold on, right. hold on, hold on. I'm with the, you. No, no, no. What happens is when they when they kidnap him in the first level, they open his wallet. He's taken the picture because his dad didn't use it. He's taken the picture back. It's in his wallet, and they say this might be useful. Right. And so they just they. So, but, what, but, what, yeah, but the other aspect of it is when somebody they put this when they construct the dream, they put yeah. the safe in it, and then the person <laughs> the the mark yeah. fill it fill, with fills they, the safe so, whatever they think. But it's not his dream. He, no, no, no. Okay, here's he, it's established. <laughs> Save it's, a storkman. Yeah, it's established in the real world that that picture means something to him. It's him and his dad and the right. pinwheel and their relationship. And their relation that that basically that picture that moment of him with the pinwheel represents their relationship and and how much it meant to him and stuff like that it makes a thing you know the guy's like oh you know obviously it meant something to him because he's got that picture next to him and he's like i put it there he doesn't even know it's there so that then we then you go into the next level it's like they into the dream and it's like uh, uh they talk about in the exposition you know you make a you make a, a vault and the the mark will fill it with with you know important things so they've they've made this dream world he created in his mind, he filled it with his his own thing. So in his dream wallet is that picture. They pull it out. They didn't put it there. They pulled it out and went, huh, interesting. And so then when when they got down but to that. But the projections that, don't have that power. The dreamer has that power. He's the. But he's, but he's not, not a dreaming as, as the dreamer. The dreamer he put fills that the world the with, with he, the details. He filled the world with the details. So Killian Murphy filled the world with specific details, including the pictures in his wallet. Um, his his subconscious okay. his his dream. So so when they found the photo, they were as surprised as anyone Wait, else. But, if, like, but okay. if, say if Tom Hardy on this level found a safe, would his safe be filled with his secret? No, it'd be fi- it'd be filled with uh, uh, Kelly Murphy. But why would it be filled with his? Because he's not dreaming. Because well, that's, he's not doing he, the, he's no, not doing that's, the mark. That's how this works. The mark you you build a world. You bring the mark in. The mark fills it with the, with things that are meaningful. Killian Murphy. So he did it twice. He Killian Murphy is always the mark. Yes, Killian Murphy is always the mark. So at every level, he's filling safes and wallets and shit with things that are meaningful to him. So that's why that's why that picture is in his wallet right. at the top. Not level, to get into an annoying. Internet-y sort of retcon conversation, but how the fuck does that work? How do they decide? How does the machine decide which one's the mark and which one gets to populate it? Is it just some different chemical goes into that guy and he's leading everyone else? He, presumably, something like that. that. Yeah, what, yeah. yeah so they, whatever, they know how that one works. One person so. is dreaming clearly. Who is, you know, one person boots the dream? Yeah. and everyone else is put. Again, what, that. One, well, the, the term you used was great. The, one person is the server. Everyone right. else comes in. The one who doesn't. The the one who doesn't know. Uh, you know who who hasn't because they you know we we see the uh, the montage where they're all standing in the various worlds seeing them and stuff like that. So the one who doesn't who hasn't been in this world before fills it with all the there's remaining write details. only there's read only and there's <laughs> yeah yeah there's read exactly and, and, and Killian, and Killian has no permissions whatsoever. It's yeah. Like, yeah you're right it, it it comes down to it's like don't it's it, it, 
Yeah. Look over here, everyone. Hand wave, hand wave, hand wave. Hand, hand yeah. wave, hand wave. Yeah. The magic bean. It's how the machine works. It's what are you talking about? It's what are you? That's how it works. What are you exactly. talking? They, it's like, uh, they don't. They don't explain it wisely because you're just like yeah. that's how that works. Somehow it, it yeah. distinguishes it's the, it's the magic bean. Yeah. It, it, this magic suitcase does this somehow. Yeah. Let's move on. It's it's the the famous quip. Uh, you know the the transporter from Star Trek. You know it works because there's a Heisenberg compensator which lets you violate the laws of quantum physics. And some fan at a convention somewhere asks, "Okay, well, how does the Heisenberg compensator and the transporter work exactly?" <laughs> oh and the whoever the, whatever the producer was replied, "It works very well. Thank yeah. you very much for asking." <laughs> and, that, and that's the proper answer. Yeah. How, do, how does the magic suitcase work? Very well. Yeah. Thank yeah, you very much. It what? does what they what they they told us how it works. It does exactly that. Yeah. That's all we need to know. So when you put when the Flux capacitor goes 88 miles an hour, and you put 1.21 gigawatts into it. What exactly happens? You go back in time. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, because next question. But I, but <laughs> I think we answered that. What is what is the mechanism of going back in time? The that, well, that's flux capacitor. That's what the flux. That's what it does. Didn't you understand? Yeah. That, that's what the flux capacitor does. It makes time travel possible. It's very clearly explained in the movie. <laughs> exactly. By the way, Leonardo DiCaprio looks. Exactly or almost exactly like Ryan Weaver. Discuss. I have That's noticed that with repeatedly. The, with the stubble. When the yeah. stubble, the it's stubble. Not, for me, it's the it eyebrows. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's the Dark facial man. hair, too. Hairline. Yeah, yeah. Weigh in. I see it when people. Uh, yeah, I see it. Okay, well, good. I, I, it's not something. <laughs> you know, I've, I've known him for a long time, so it's not. I wish something Ryan that was here because I want to. I want to get. I want to get his oh, input knows. on this. He knows because I think you look like Michelle Pfeiffer. What? I don't. I'm kidding. I'm making thing up. I'm making it up. It's a joke. This is I think Leonardo DiCaprio kind of looks like Michelle Pfeiffer now that you mentioned someone, it. They someone, could be related. Someone told me, like, you know, from certain angles, both for me and for the other God, party. does. Um, and Sida looks like Jimmy Smith sometimes, which is weird. That's true. <laughs> I, does. Yeah. Yeah. I it's, it's weird, and I didn't believe this for a second until I saw photographic evidence. From certain angles, both on me and him, uh, I look like uh, Emilio Estevez. I would have to see this. Uh, it's yeah, I know. I, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I was. I didn't believe it either. Someone said, "No, you know, there's a picture of Emilio Estevez. I just saw. It looks just like you." And I'm like, "Get out of town!" <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> it, it was well, weird. we've pointed out it's, repeatedly, it's and a, I've not found an actor in my life that doesn't look like Eddie. <laughs> you look like David Bowe a lot, and like Adam Baldwin sometimes. Yeah, and occasionally Michelle Pfeiffer. Eddie's just got one of those faces. She's got one of those. So Saito somehow can call some number. That goes all the way from the Department of Justice through the Department of Immigration to the passport Although, control guy. It it takes six weeks just to get a passport. Yeah. How the how that, so what that number is? Well, well, is it magic number. To be to be fair, I think that goes back to the uh, you know um, corporations are are super villains superseding the governments. Again, you have to so. like, use that trope. It's like right. you know yeah, just they they totally can. They just can totally do that. You yeah. Know? It's like that's the one I like. What who is he calling exactly? That makes that possible, or does he just have the like guy a, who does that tray, just like the flux yeah. capacitor, <laughs> or, does, or, does, or does he just call the guy who literally is like next door in the passport control computer server room and kind of goes delete, yeah, <laughs> just uh, just to get him through, just ignore through, that, just to get well, him through the. The through thing the line. is, at least at LAX, when I came back from Nicaragua the other month after the, doing that movie, we had to go through immigration, we had to go through customs twice. No, huh? we yeah, I had never experienced this before in my life. We went through once, then we went to the baggage claim, we waited for our bags, we picked them up. And then we went through again, uh-huh. and it was the same same fucking questions. It was uh-huh. Like, uh, did you bring anything back? Uh, no. Bring any food or drink back? This and that. Uh, Nicaragua, okay. maybe people bring to you know they don't need their baggage because whatever they're bringing is up their ass. So yeah. maybe maybe you try and catch them the first time before they even but get to their luggage. But it was just the standard international. Well, yeah, you it just, was the Latin America. You just let aspect. your guard down the second time. They're like, yeah. yes, wait, no, shit. Yeah, I, yeah. Oh. I actually I used up my <laughs> lies before. <laughs> that actually did kind of happen because <laughs> I, I went through it once, no problem. I I brought back some coffee, liquor, uh, rum. And 
and say, oh, uh, he's got a thing about oh. the movie. I think. All right. One more thing people over. say is that the kids are always wearing the same thing. It must be a dream the entire time. Uh-huh. The, the costume the designer spoke up the fact and that they're said, "They're currently wearing the same right. thing." The costume designer spoke up and said, "No, you're going to have to trust me on this one." But they're wearing different clothes at the end of the movie. Uh huh. No. They're just even though they're clothes. the same patterns and colors, different clothes. That's one of those Which typical th- internet things. It's like, well, clearly because this, except. You're, but it's not. Your point is totally valid, except you're wrong. Do you know what my response was uh, in the movie theater the first time? Because at this point, in the first time I'm watching this, I'm thinking, yep, Mal is right. As soon as he starts spinning the top and walks away, I just start laughing because I know uh-huh. what he's going to do. Yeah, I know yeah, he's yeah. going to cut it's away. Obvious. And, it's I, so obvious. and my response is not, I have this opinion or that opinion. It's, I already have my opinion. I don't care about this top shot. And I'm just laughing because, fucking, you're an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you doing this to me? Because I'm not to live in a world where people talk about this. I didn't, I didn't yeah. have that moment until the, the, it cut to black because it's like, and it's like, are they, are, they, are they going to? Are they not to? It's like, yep, it's like it I, I, I understand. I, I'm in the editing room right now with you, dude. Yeah. Going, yeah, uh, uh, uh. and then they cut to black. There, I was like, oh, you son of a bitch! Yeah, and you hear <laughs> the, I said, I was like, oh, you fucking asshole! And you hear the audience go, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's like John Roberts screwing up the uh, the inaugural the, the swearing, and it's like, fuck, we're gonna have to live with this for the yeah. rest of <laughs> yeah. our lives. Oh, this is gonna be such a thing. This is gonna be a fucking thing from now yeah. on. Inception. <laughs> Um, you know how there's a, I, I brought this up to Brian last night. Wah, there's wah. a, there's a precept. There's a, a, a common truism. A precept of incept? Paul Franklin. Woo! Yeah. Incept. Good work. <laughs> a precept. Chris Corbold. There's a preception that, uh, a genius can explain a very complicated idea in a simple way that anyone can understand. Um, not to say that Inception isn't genius and that Nolan isn't genius, but this explains a complicated thing in a really complicated way. But the problem is it's not even really that complicated. Yeah, this movie loses people along the way, and I think it baffles them with the with the with the with the craziness of it. It creates more rules than it needs to, because you can explain the premise of Inception very simply. Right? You know exactly. This movie is, but can you explain the plot very simply? I would. Uh, um, yeah, that's maybe enough. on any given day. We'll we'll discount Batman movies from his from this conversation because they're their own thing. Even though they're great, they're their own thing. Um, if I'm going to go through my my highbrow. David or David Fincher, Christopher Nolan movies. <laughs> no, you're, there, there's a very close similarity. <laughs> we'll we'll there. say we'll say we'll say they're Memento, The Prestige, and this, right? Uh, allowing for following, I've seen following, but it's not this highbrow. It's cool. Yeah. Do check out following. It's on Netflix Instant. But um, Insomnia, which if you haven't seen, oh, Insomnia, I haven't Insomnia. seen Insomnia. Is Insomnia have the same sort of ilk where it's it's big and pretty and smart? It's well, he didn't have the huge budget at the time, but uh, it's it's and it's a remake, but it's but it's like. I, I, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Okay. But uh, it's it's, the, it's the main character is not exactly a nice guy, and he's not exactly likable. So that thread is already established, um, and it is kind of like you have to keep up to kind of understand what's right. going on. In any case, my point is, I would not if I have those three movies that I talked about on my shelf: Memento and Prestige. In this, I'll go to Prestige first, and then Memento, and then Inception. Mostly because there are for for being such an inflated idea, Inception. There are just as many inflated plot issues that I want answers to and that I'll never get. Without those, I, I, I don't enjoy this movie. Enjoy is not the word I have. I look at it and I agree with what I think it was Ewing said in the chat room earlier. Very ambitious. Cool. And above all else, like I said, I'll take 20 of these before I'll take another fucking body switch movie. But <laughs> this movie doesn't exactly work for me, despite the fact that clearly he put a lot of time into it and, and there's a, a, a shit ton of amazing work. Inception still kind of feels like like a riddle to me. It, it feels like a needless, sort of annoying riddle. Like, all right, fucking, I don't, I, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to think about this. If there was a book, if, if he just put his notes on a coffee table book and said, here's what I was thinking when I was writing it, I would look at it and go, gotcha. 
None of my problem has to do with is it a dream, is it not? It's just I don't Okay. You're not engaged with it. You don't right, care right, enough yeah. to exactly. actually ask the question. And when you finally open the box, you know, it's like the J.J. Abrams mystery box. Uh-huh. When you finally open the box, there's nothing actually really in there. Right. Anyway, I think... There's nothing that can be as cool as what, as what could be in the box. Yeah. You know? For someone who's not about to analyze the fuck out of a movie, I would say go check out Inception. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make your afternoon much cooler. If you are going to analyze a movie, Inception will ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> Brian? Yeah, as we, as we were talking about last night, the... Real, real, true genius is about taking something very complicated and making it very simple, or expressing it in a very simple way, and, and ideally this, cinematically. Cinematic, and that, and that's the point of stories and of movies, as we talked about on the Jurassic Park on the Lost World commentary, which hasn't been released yet, but uh, it will be by the time this comes out. Point, uh, it's you know, stories are a cultural algorithm. They're a way of taking these complex uh, concepts and ideas of how we're supposed to relate to each other and. As opposed to giving a seminar in three hours on the importance of credibility, I tell you a three-minute story that conveys the same point. That's the idea. Don't cry wolf two times. Right. <laughs> that when the, when the wolf is not actually there. And that's, that's why stories exist. That's why we invented them around the campfire on the savannah in the first place. And it's like if that's – Inception doesn't simplify anything. It doesn't – it takes a, a fairly simple premise or a fairly simple mechanical gag and – overcomplicates it and puts a lot of moving parts to it that don't really need to be there. And then the result is people go, oh, that's genius because it's so complicated. And you're confusing complicated with genius. And that's a very (laughs) bad mistake to make. Einstein is a genius because he took space and time and matter and energy and reduced them to three letters and a number. That is genius. Space and time are all together equals MC squared. That's extraordinarily simple. And Inception is not that. Dorkman, in the chat, Zarban says that Nolan needs a Lawrence Kasdan. What do you think about that? Uh, I'd have to well, kind of David understand Goyer. a little bit better what he means. Well, have you, but, you read uh, the lay bracket draft of Empire? Oh, yes. And you've seen Empire. And okay, we, so and we've, needs... and we've seen, you know, he took Raiders that... of the Lost Ark by Lawrence Kasdan versus Raiders of the Lost Ark by those other people that wrote the next one. Yeah. I'm thinking in particular of the moment you were talking about in the lay bracket draft of Empire where the whole weird hallucinatory, the sands of time and oh, galaxy sure, yeah. thing, and then Kasdan said... How about he accidentally cuts off the guy's head and his head rolls out? Yeah. Oh wow, that's like <laughs> or that's, that. That's like three pages less. <laughs> yeah. Holy fuck! Do you think someone, at least not necessarily Lawrence Kasdan, but someone of, of that capacity, I to go? S- I see what you're saying here. Interesting. There's definitely a way to. Yeah. Sh- we to- can we can we can pop this into a, a well. This movie uh, definitely for for all of its its uh, you know kind of visual lushness, this does have a a problem of telling rather than showing. Um, and so in that sense, if that's what you're talking about, and if, uh, assuming that's what Zarvin's talking about, then I would say, yeah, if you could, but especially if you're going to, you know, open, open up the door and say, this is a dream, all bets are off, then fucking anything can be visual. You know, it, it, you can, you can do anything. So you could certainly. invent a motif that no one could challenge you on. Exactly. So you, uh, I, I could certainly agree with that, that this could have, this could have done with a lot more um, leveraging of the fact that it, it is not only a visual medium, but the opportunity to break all the rules because you've established there don't have to be any. It's a, the reading David Wardwell's uh, blog post on Inception last night. He made the comparison to musicals and about you know we're, filmmakers tried to justify these musical numbers within their stories by making the characters in show business, and that's right. Th- stop, stop, real, stop, stop! Don't do that. It's well, <laughs> it's really just an excuse to have musical numbers. You're just finding some means to justify that. Here, Chicago did that okay, but yeah. generally, yeah. Mm. Here, you're you're using the the idea of a dream the dream world to justify these crazy set piece shit right. happening, 
and so he sets up the justification, but they never utilize the justification. Right. To its they, full ne- they never leverage it to their full extent. Right. Exactly. So I, I would agree. It, he could. They could use someone else to come in and. You know, look at it because, again, he's been if he's been developing it for 10 years, you know, you kind of get stuck in a rut. You need someone to come in and go, totally see what you're doing. <laughs> right. That's awesome. How about this? Right. You know, yeah. um, and so, uh, yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. But Any idea how long it's going to take to explain that? Yeah. I think uh, – but I think Inception is a, a – like we said, it's um, a technically very well-made movie. I wish more summer movies were like this. Yeah. Um, but it's not a movie that I'm going to sit down and be like, I want to watch Inception again. It's a <laughs> kind of movie I'm going to sit down and go fucking Christopher Nolan is really good and if I'm making a movie how would Christopher Nolan handle a moment like this he did something like that in Inception I'm going to go look at it well again, the problem you know? is all the movies that got greenlit right after Inception's opening weekend are going to come out this this Christmas right. yeah. <laughs> exactly. oh god source so, code source code is unrelated yeah. we're going to get a we're going to see of... McG's Inception oh, and that's going to be so scary okay so yeah. but it will cut it will, it will cut the men from the boys a little bit yeah. we'll see if like fucking yeah. McG could handle that this is, this is I a I doubt it this is a movie that um, is you know worth studying worth watching there are parts of it that are exciting there are parts of it that are inspiring on a technical level and stuff like that but again not one that i'm going to uh uh, you know sit back with a a glass of wine and just relax some afternoon (laughs) with it's not one of those movies for me it's right it is for me strangely enough um i even though all, all these things being said i i i own a copy of inception and it's kind of my default movie. Like, you know, I didn't go to the video store and they're closed now. And it's uh, like, well, I've got time for Inception. I'm going to check out a piece of Inception because there is something kind of hypnotically interesting about it to me. Um, it's brain candy. It kind of is. And it, it's more Without like I'm, 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 I think I'm more sort of drawn in by the, the craft of it. As, you know, as I know the story and the, the plot holes that, I, you know, that I, we've already articulated. But I still find it kind of fascinating just to sort of see how it's put together sure, because yeah. I think he's a consummate craftsman in a way that I will never watch Memento again. Fuck that shit. Uh, don't need to see that thing ever again. Um, and it's very uh, Nolan is is right there in my pantheon with with Fincher. It's like you know he they make these inc- you know incredibly crafted movies, most of which I don't enjoy watching. Um, and so so Fight Club is you know Fight Club is like Memento. It's like that's an exquisitely made movie about people I really didn't enjoy spending two hours in the company of. There's nobody in Fight Club that I like, and I don't ever want to see Fight Club again either because it's about really awful people in a, in beautifully shot scenarios. Are there people in this movie that you like? There's I there aren't, but at least these people aren't as awful as the people gotcha. in Memento and right Fight on. Club. Um, these people are kind of like well they're okay you know uh, they're all right. Um, so it's it is it's a weird it occupies a really weird place where you know I went to see it in the theater and then ten minutes in I'm like okay this movie it's like it's like I'm going to a really fascinating lecture mm-hmm. you know I was like I've heard this Richard Dawkins guy is really interesting I'm going to go see him talk about evolution you know I, was, I, I, I want to go see Christopher Nolan talk about concepts of dream states with explosions for two and a half hours and and uh, it was a fascinating lecture I, people I, should put lectures like that together just every so often exactly. they click to a slide and it goes boom yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh? and then huh? they move on to the you next you didn't see thing. that coming that's the dream state that's how it worked <laughs> so yeah Inception occupies this really weird world for me this weird sort of zone where it's like it's not like it's a bad movie but I love it unashamedly because I just do it's a really good movie that isn't right. great right. and yet somehow it's watchable and I really, uh, I don't, it's a weird one. It's a really, it's a weird space and there's not a lot of movies like it. At the risk of being redundant, I really agree with two things I said at the lead, which are one, <laughs> this movie, this movie does feel I gotta like, say, I really agree with me. You know, well, on no, this but one. I feel, I've I, convinced I, myself of two things. <laughs> right, right, right. That's and two that's two points, points, right, points there. right there. No, but I, 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 that this movie feels an awful lot like, 
This movie feels like a script that Christopher Nolan wanted everyone to read. And also, oh god, what was the other thing I said? <laughs> oh, there goes your oh, data oh that Christopher Nolan is like the king of flawed masterpieces. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, oh my god, Chris Nolan is a thinker. Look at this guy. Anyway, are we all set on Inception? Are we willing to close the bronze? Close the book on it. Or shall we? Um, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fucking. All right. Wow. This has been Down in Front. Thank you very <laughs> much for listening. Has it? You can always find more episodes yeah. at downinfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front. Facebook Down in Front Show. Email us at Down in Front Show at gmail.com. Subscribe on the forum and involve yourself in the conversation. We have a really superbly wonderful community of people going. There's a lot of updates every day. It's a good forum to be a part of. And every week at the forum, we announce when and where the live chats are happening. It's always at downinfront.net slash live, but you have to be at the forum to know what it is and when exactly it's going to be. Um, if you go to our store, you can buy our shirts. Amazon is kind of kaput right now, so forget that shit. Uh, and TVTropes.org. If anything ever happened in a movie twice, they know about it. Yeah, you'll it. think it was f- you were there for five minutes, but you were really there for yeah. three hours. Seriously, TVTropes.org. Yeah, Inception. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimate repository for everything down in front strives to be. Check it out. Holden Hill, design and maintain the website. Matt Fedevader, show notes and chapter breaks in iTunes. And until next time, my name is T. Christie. Brian Finifter. Mike Scott. Trace Dose. And this has been Down in Front. Thank you much for listening. Good night. Good Anyone? Oh my god, it started over. It started again. It's it's just inception all the way down. It's inception again. Trendsinyourhead.com.